When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Stephen McIver, and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. Three minutes past ten on a Monday morning. Welcome to Summer Days with Stephen McIver here till two o'clock this afternoon. That is LAB, New Zealand Bag, who were the big winners at the Aotearoa Music Awards the other night. They picked up four Tui's Album of the Year, Single of the Year, which is that one there, YOY, Best Group and Best Roots Artist. And I thought, well, why not? You know, it's a, a Kiwi summer week as we're heading towards Christmas, and uh, it just feels right, doesn't it? I hope wherever you are around Aotearoa, New Zealand, you are feeling good, because what a weekend of sport we had. Oh, man, oh, man. High-profile sporting weekend, most importantly, in the square office. That's right, the boxing ring. So David Nika had his second pro fight against Frenchman Anthony Carpen early yesterday morning New Zealand time. The way of that one, but constantly moving to his left and that's dangerous when you're in there with someone who throws the right hand as well as Nika. Carthan trying to keep the hands tight but some of these are getting through now. He's hurt in the corner. Nika letting the hands go but again just adjust his range to give himself space to work. Feases the right hand under the elbow. Spiteful. Brutal opener and Anthony Carthan has done well to stay on his feet there. Well we've just seen in the corner of Anthony Carpan in the interval that he's complaining about a problem with his left elbow and Steve Gray has called time on the contest. I think it was only going in one direction, Darren, and well, Anthony Carpenter already welting up above the left eye as well. He's complaining about the, uh, the left elbow, but I think he was just in with a different class of opponent as well there tonight. So David Nika is 2-0. and You will hear from him here on SENZ Summer Days before half past 10 on his reaction to the fight and what comes next. But it was all about the main event. Parker versus Chisora 2. And 
what turned out to be a highly watchable 12 rounder. That's where Parker wants Chisora. Oh, We've still got 50 seconds to go in the fourth round. And that uppercut that he oh, went for God. again. And Chisora once again has to grab onto a rope to stop himself falling. And Howard Foster takes up the count once again. He looks across at Joseph Parker, who takes in the instructions from Andy Lee he's once again. He's going to the corner again. He's going to the corner again. As he's done each time, he's taken a count. Parker here looking for an opening. Chisora denying him once again. As and still, the WBO Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, Lupe Soliai Lauli Ale Maleatoa Joseph Parker. And UK boxing writers have been lavish in their praise of Parker's win. Joseph will talk exclusively to SCNZ shortly out of Manchester. Well, the second Ashes test in Adelaide looks like a foregone conclusion. The baggy green setting England a world record target to win as they enter day five, four down. Mitch Stark pauses momentarily under our broadcast position at the river end of Adelaide Oval. He's striding in and bowling to Root, who edges and he's out! Root falls in the last over. Carey takes the catch away to his right. It's what Australia was striving for. Joe is uprooted at the last. It's a devastating blow for England. And Australia gets what it wanted out of the evening session. England finished four for 82. Carey terrific. Poor old Joe Root gone for 24. That is the insult to go with the injury. Yeah, not a lot to celebrate, frankly. They should probably start thinking about the Boxing Day test. And now there's talk in the press that they may have selected the wrong team. Hello? Uh, great news ahead of the Beijing Winter Olympics. Zoe Zadowski Senate, who we spoke to on summer days last week, went out and won the women's snowboard slope style at the invitation-only due tour event at Copper Mountain in Colorado. Uh, she's my favorite woman snowboarder. <laughs> Backside nine. We are talking like a 98 yeah. 99 for a score. That switchback nine on the first hit was insane. I think I'm lucky if I did two of those that look like that in my career. Holy macaroni. Zoe Sadowski Sanat already on a 95 with a large lead and comes up with this third run. Forget the backing off. It is all about progression in women's snowboarding, and that's exactly how you do it. Zoe's first major competition in nine months after a layoff with a leg injury. Her, the two-time world champ, the final score, 97.75, some seven points ahead of second place, Eni Rukachevi of Finland and Japan's Koko Murasi, who is third on 87.75. It is the first due to a podium for Zadowski. Uh, this is a big deal, right? Because this is also the United States Olympic team qualifier. So to go out there and win that ahead of the Games, that sends a very strong signal to the 
the rest of the Olympic field. By the way, uh, the men, Nico Portis, finished last in the field of 10 in the ski uh, superpipe, and Finn Bullius uh, finished 9 out of 10 in the men's ski slope style. It's 9 minutes past 10 here on Summer Days, but of course the big talking point, if you spent your 40 bucks yesterday on Sky Arena or Sky Sport Now, was watching Parker Chisora too, and we are very fortunate to have a, a wee exclusive here. Uh, we go live to... Manchester, England now, and have a wee chat to, to Joe Parker. And Joe, I've got to say, uh, was that one of your best performances of the year? You know what? It felt good. It felt good to have like positive feedback, but also to see the improvements from the first fight. I know the first fight was a close fight, and I know I did enough to win, but this fight was a lot more um, convincing, a lot more dominant, and I wanted to start off strong and fast, and I think I did that in the beginning of the fight. Joe, I liked I liked what I saw. There was so much to like, particularly your attitude. This just go and get him, but you were very measured. Oh yeah, do you know what? The worst time to try and attack someone is when they're actually hurt. And Derek, with all his experience and, and the, the numerous times he's been in the ring, he knows exactly how to handle himself when he's hurt. And um, you know, I didn't want to really rush getting into and, and trying to get him out of there. And Andy kept telling me, "Be patient, be patient, be patient. Pick your shots." And I felt like, I felt like with this fight, I picked my shots a lot better. I was a lot more measured. But there were times where I could have got him out of there, and it's still something I have to work on. How long have you been working on that uppercut, uppercut combo? Well, I'll be, to be honest, I'll tell you the truth. Andy and myself, and along with uh, John Fury, we've been working on that jab, uppercut, hook the whole time. That's what Andy and I have been working on every single day. And, um, you know, every time I did throw that jab uppercut, it always landed. And it did a lot of damage when it did land. It may have done a lot of damage, but has he got the hardest head in the world? Oh, I'm telling you, like, there's people that say they love to fight. But when it comes to Derek Chisora, he loves to fight. And every time I heard him with the, the jab uppercut, he always, he always came, like, he always came back. You know, and, and like, he used the crowd to his advantage. And every time I did hurt him, he always come back with three, four, five punch combinations, and he never stopped until the end. Man, he man, he is one one tough cookie. When you look at your fitness going the twelve rounds, is, have you seen an improvement there? My fitness wise, uh, because of the added weight, I felt like my fitness in the first fight was better. But then again, I wasn't as active in the first fight, so I think with this new added weight, um, it'll be good just to. To settle into it and work on my fitness a lot more the next camp and camps moving forward and just keep practicing, practicing what we've been working on with Andy and, and the gym. The UK media are saying the, the man, the forgotten Joe Parker, has now raised his head above the heavyweight wilderness. Do you think you're back, baby? I think I'm back. I think we showed that I am hungry and I want to win. And I've come out with a bit more spitefulness in, in, in my attacks. And in my jab, but the exciting part is that there's a lot of big, like there's big improvements for the first fight, but there's still a lot, a lot of work to do with Andy. There's still a lot to learn. There's still a lot to work on, and that that's what excites me as a fighter. It was really interesting in the corner. He kept saying, "Fight smart, fight smart." He, he kept saying, "Fight smart." He didn't want me to get sucked into fighting a dog fight, which will give Derek Chisora a chance. And I know there's, there's a few times where I got too excited, wanted to trade. I wanted to throw punches inside and take the risk of you know getting caught myself. But every time Andy reminded me of, of just boxing, boxing spot, I always went back to the basics of boxing and moving 
and, and doing what I had to do to, to keep safe but also to, to give it back to Mate, do you think working with Andy now has reinvigorated your desire? Do you feel fresher and ready to, to go to another level? I feel fresher. I feel ready to go to another level. Like, I know this is just, I know we show glimpses of, of a better dirty pass than this fight, but there's a lot more that I can give. I just need more time with Andy Lee. And more time with your wife and kids. Lane and the kids are over there. You're spending a white Christmas. Uh, white Christmas. Lane and the kids, I've just, I've linked up linked up with them today so I'm with my, my wife and kids right now we're just going to get some dessert for the kids get some dinner and they want to spend a nice beautiful Christmas and New Year's with them here well mate uh, thanks for the entertainment uh, everybody's really excited about what we saw and most importantly have a safe and happy Christmas thank you so much brother thank you Joseph Parker live out of Manchester with us this morning. And uh, if you have some thoughts about Joe, and do you think he's a genuine challenger now after that fight against Chisora, then why don't you call me 0800 150811. That's 0800 Do you think Joseph Parker is now back on track to win a world heavyweight title, knowing how busy that area is. Tyson Fury, Dillian White, Usyk is there, is there, of course, as well. What do you think? I'd love to know what you think about this one because it was a hell of a different Joseph Parker we saw. We've been waiting to see the different Joseph Parker, and we saw that. So what do you think? 0800 150 Coming next, his stablemate, the new kid on the block. But, boy, he's a pretty one, and he's pretty damn handy as well. David Nickin next on SENZ. This summer days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. You got the way. 10.21 on a Monday morning and summer days with Stephen McIver and for Smithy 0800 150811 or 8833 if you want to text me any thoughts about Joseph Parker uh, going forward. Is he being caught up in the in the Tyson Fury uh, Dillian White negotiations? Is he going to be a pawn? I certainly hope not. Those, we were saying this morning the lads and I, it was going to be a bit weird to put Tyson Fury up against his stablemate in Joseph Parker but you know what? It's the boxing world and whatever works, works and people want to see entertainment and that was certainly entertainment yesterday. There was entertainment too on the very first fight on the card and that was of course our very own David Nika uh, who wants to go and you know be a Commonwealth Games triple gold medalist back to back to back but he was in fight number two yesterday against uh, the Frenchman Anthony Carpen who came in at five and six and he joins us now from Manchester. How was that for you bud? That's really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad I came so I conquered. Uh, this is uh, just a step a small step in the in the right direction. You look strong. Were you surprised that you got him out of the way early, Carpen? Um, I, I think I was surprised by how easy what how easy he was to hit. Um, you know, I, I I give all respect to my opponent, so um, I expected a tough fight. But yeah, I guess um, I guess I guess that's a, that's a big positive, isn't it? That I was able to get him out. Uh, earlier than I'd expected. Have you confirmed that um, you've wrecked his arm and he's got to attach a bicep? Yeah, I, I've, I've only just watched it back a couple hours ago and I, I'm not 100% convinced now. I, I I was pretty sure I'd done some damage to it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope he wasn't faking because I, like, I really needed really needed the time in the ring. So um, it would have been nice to get another 
round at least. And, um, you know, I'd, I told a lot of people that I was going to get him out in the second. Um, but I think considering that he uh, retired on the stool, it counts as the first round. So um, that's all right. It's, um, it's another learning, uh, learning experience and uh, it was, it was a, the right result, I guess. This experience has been enormous for you because Andy Lee basically reset the way you box. How challenging was that? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, the, the the process was challenging, and it, and it is challenging. Challenging, I should say. But um, uh, I, a lot of it went out the window uh, when I got in the ring. It's, that's pretty common, I think. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm happy with happy with my performance on the whole. I think Andy's pretty happy about it. Uh, and so I guess we, we just go back to the drawing board now. In terms of boxing basics, when Andy looked at you, what did he say you needed to change? Everything or just certain things? Um, I think initially he wasn't overly enthused. Uh, it was like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to take on because I wasn't, um, uh, I guess I wasn't the, the, maybe the textbook yeah. uh, style that he wanted to work with. Um, but as soon as, as soon as I started sparring, he was, you know, he was able to recognize uh, my strengths and, you know, where we can take, take my boxing finesse. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot more in store and hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can get back into camp um, in the next, next little while and get back to it. Come on, David, what did he change? Well, uh, <laughs> It's, it's it's hard to hard to explain um, from a I guess from some like a non boxing perspective, yeah. but it's just like my balance, my stance, uh, the way the, the way I hold my hands, yeah. uh, the direction of the punches. It's like it's everything, it's everything. But they're all very small uh, adaptations. Um, so it's like it, it, you know you couldn't really yeah. really tell over three minutes, but um. Yeah, that's what I'm, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I couldn't get at least a couple more rounds in. <laughs> you could have just made it easy and said he changed everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like you want you want it as an answer, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I you out. Hey, um, the experience in working in the Fury Camp, how much easier did that make doing the ring walk knowing that you were probably more prepared in many ways than you've ever been prepared for a fight? Um, I think, like I'm, I'm myself. I, I'm always nervous when I when I get into the ring. Um, I don't think that's ever going to change. Like I'm, I'm like a pacing animal um, before, before, uh, before my ring entry. So it was, like, I was nervous as as per usual. But uh, the, the the UK fans were actually quite well, um, like responded quite well to to me walking in. So I thought that was pretty cool. I got a, a few cheers from from some uh, some local crowd. So that was that was wicked. Well, you you're you're part, what part Welsh and part English, so it was a sort of a, a pseudo homecoming, right? The motherland, yeah, it's the motherland. I'm um, I'm uh, half Welsh, half English, so no, goodness me, quarter Welsh, quarter English, so half British in, in total, yeah. You you got to answer me this question: What was like? What? Why did SBW turn up, and what was he like having around? He's good. He's. Um, he, I think he actually just wanted to wanted to come hang out. He um wanted to come support me, uh, me and Joseph. And he obviously he's kind of switched codes to more towards boxing now. So uh, he's just been soaking up the you know the environment. I think he just left this morning, but um he's been really good to have around. Like um just a just a good a good uh, morale booster, I guess. Um, and of course 
just just a, another another um, just a, a, like a good positive addition to the yeah. to the, the dynamic. So once it was done, once you got your hand raised, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Um, uh, to some degree, it was a relief, but uh, I guess you know there's there's so much more work to do. So um, I'm immediately back thinking, you know, what's what's next and uh, who's next and uh, when is that and you know what, what do I do now? This is this is the you know this is the time where I can really start making making moves towards uh, you know the, the the top of the cruiserweight division. So I want to I want to keep the momentum going um, and of course I've got Tom Ross games next year uh, so yeah the, the world's my oyster right now so I'm, I'm really excited about what's next that's all well and good, but you've got to have the right people around you. And I've been very vocal here, David, that I, I think you should forget about the Commonwealth Games and you should concentrate on becoming a pro because there is so much we can see already that how well you can go. But you're you're very keen to try and three-peat the gold, first of all, of the comms, right? Yeah, I like I appreciate the, the um, that notion. I, I think it's... Like, I really did want to have the black and white, uh, you know, transition between amateur and professional boxing, but, um, you know, having the support from High Performance Sport New Zealand is, uh, really important to me. So, um, having that, that, uh, that team behind me that I've been working with for the last maybe eight years, um, is, you know, it's, it's hard to just, you know, up and, up and leave from, from such an amazing system. So, um, I think that's, it's, it's, it's probably going to help my development more than anything. And obviously being able to uh, travel and train and compete overseas uh, without worrying too much financially about, um, you know, uh, how I'm going to be able to do that uh, is, is all, is all thanks to, thanks to high performance sport and the NZOC. So um, yeah, I, I think I never really know what, if I'm, you know, making the right decision, but this is, this is what feels right. So how does it work here now? Uh, how long do you stay in the UK? Are you intending to stay there all the way through the comms or try and get home first? And, and who's going to train you? Yeah, I've, um, I've got an MIQ spot uh, for mid-January, but I, I, I'm still in two minds. Uh, it really comes down to what, um, you know, what Joe and Andy are doing. If, if, they, if, you know, if I'll be able to get back into camp with them, uh, for their next, for their next about whenever that is, um, just had just had a good sit down with um with some of the team. So uh, I'm I'm excited, and I, I like I'm not 100 percent sure what the you know what the next step looks like, but uh, only time will tell, I guess. Well, the most important thing you've said there is team. So do you now have a team that's looking after David Nika Incorporated? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I you know I'm, I'm not signed to any one deal. Um, I've, I've got people working around me that are, you know, doing an amazing job and I owe a lot to them. Um, and I think those people will become more and more, uh, you know, I guess, I guess affiliated down the line. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about just having, having more of a, a team, a team feel around me. Do you think knowing and, and having now been in the English environment, that maybe aligning yourself with Matchroom and knowing who's on their books is the right way to go post the Com Games. Um, I think having an awareness of uh, the UK setup is is really valuable, um, and just understanding the landscape. Not necessarily any one 
promoter or uh, promotional company, but uh, this is the mecca for cruiserweight and heavyweight boxing. So I'm I'm very uh, set on you know making making my claim here. In the UK, because I feel like that's that's you know what's going to bring bring the most out of me. Man, you are talking up a storm. Quote: Impact felt and heard around the world. I've put everybody on notice. Where are you getting the stuff, man? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, no, this is, um, you know, I've I've been in the sport for a long time. It's, um, I guess I've, I've you know I've done I've done the hard yards, and now I can really start. Uh, I guess just settling in and um, letting letting my presence be felt. And are you, like we discussed last week, going to tag yourself as the nice guy? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll have to ask Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Michael Buffer or uh, <laughs> David Diamante to, to, to announce it. Um, I actually, actually had a good, good catch up with um, uh, the, the MC of the, of the Fight Night yeah. last night. And he's, um, we shared a taxi, actually. And he, he got a photo with me. He asked for a photo with me. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'll, um, maybe, maybe I'll put a word to him next time. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the go, eh? I think, I think it works perfectly. Mate, oh, what are the plans for Christmas? Uh, I'm going to be staying, staying in Manchester with, uh, with my lady. Um, and we'll, we'll just cruise around and um, yeah, hopefully just enjoy a white Christmas. Mate, congratulations. You're 2-0. Oh, nice display. And most importantly, happy Christmas, mate. Nice. Cheers, Stephen. Take it easy, yeah? Yeah, I will. Uh, David, Nika, 2-0, and let's be blunt, uh, you could suggest that both those fights were padding the record, the first one on the far fight and this one, but he's showing a hell of a lot. And this is this is one smart boxer, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes post the Commonwealth Games. But as you heard me say, I'm I'm not a fan of uh, him going on the GOM Games. That's something that's very dear to his heart. He's very loyal to Sport New Zealand and the New Zealand Olympic team. So uh, that's how she rolls. 0800 150811 if you've got some thoughts on David Nika, or even what Joe Parker's up to next. But right now, news time. But if he does lose, he needs to lose on points and against decent opposition, as he's done with AJ, that's Anthony Joshua, and Dillian White. I'd like to see, says Chris, Joseph Parker, Anthony Joshua rematch. So would I. If you remember at the time, Joseph Parker was the only person not to be knocked down by Anthony Joshua. But look at what's happened to Anthony Joshua now, right? Suddenly he's been gone from rock star to sort of pseudo rock star. I mean, you know, six years he's he's conquered all. But how the heavyweight division changes? Got a little text here, uh, and it says relatively simple for Joe. This is from Harrison uh, to secure the WBO route, go through Joe Joyce in a final eliminator, or the IBF route, go through Filip Erdogovich in a final eliminator. Or you take one to two fights next year, sitting in a good position to get a vacant shot or voluntary. Yeah. And Goose has just dropped a text in. It looks simple. The David's going to go to the Com Games only to keep the high-performance money money. Smart as otherwise they have to get a job. Well, actually... Because <laughs> you, you could be right, because uh, Sam and I were saying, well, how does he get the money? And I said, well, high-performance money. Well, actually, no, it was Brian, actually, was talking. Sam was busy with his head down. Brian was gas gas bagging. Uh, yeah, so interesting times. But the most important thing that I got out of that interview was that he's got a team now looking after him. For instance, to secure the interview, I had to email a manager by the name of Stephen. 
never met the guy before, never heard of the guy before, but suddenly things have changed. I couldn't just pick up the phone and, and direct dial David. So interesting that he's now got a team looking after him and he hasn't signed with anyone, but I would suggest that uh, David Higgins is, you know, quietly in the background saying, come on, this is the way to do it. And people think David Higgins is quite a ruthless individual. He's not really. He's a lovely guy. He just knows what he wants and, and how to get it is the key. Uh, there's there's so much to think about. It's 0800 150811. That's 0800 What do you think about all of this? Do you think Joseph Parker can get another title shot? Have a think about it because coming next, what is making news? Let's start with boxing since we've been talking boxing this right. morning. Um, Jake, but we haven't talked about the Jake Paul oh, fight, Stephen. I saw the knockout on Tyrone Woodley. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a um, it was a big punch. I mean, people were talking about it being fixed. Um, it was a big punch. Well, was a big punch. the interesting thing I watched when I watched it, Tyrone Woodley brought his, his left arm down like his no did. Yeah. He was open for the overhand right. Mm. I didn't realise how big the overhand right was going to be. But for me, Jake Paul, yeah, pfft, I'm yeah. not even I'm not even interested. Right, this is a this is a very famous YouTuber, him and his brother, right, and suddenly think he and people are buying into the hype. Mm. You know, you put him up against a real boxer. Oh, yeah, put him nah. up against a real boxer, and exactly. then we'll find out. Exactly. I, I, I think he's a pile of poop. Me and uh, me and Brian were actually talking about. Yeah. Um, even though the it was a massive punch, it wasn't a boxer's punch. It was very slow. It was almost like the old school, like you know, the wind <laughs> up, wind him up, something, wind up something up. I would have thrown. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> look, you've, you mentioned there's a YouTube uh, celebrity status, and that comes with a lot of money. Um, so much so that he was able to wear supposedly, uh, boxing shorts that were worth $1.2 million Oh, yesterday. no, you, no you, you're pulling the left one, really. No, no, um, you noticed the LED, the little LED no, screen. He has little LED screens on his oh, boxing shorts. And he had, um, I think he had about three or four Rolex watches, like, embroidered into the into the waist. You know, so, do, um, do you know there's only, there's only one phrase that describes Jake Paul? Yes. Is it radio uh, appropriate? Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay. A tosser. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yes, a triumph as a marketer. Fantastic. And, mm. if, and if people are willing to pay him silly money to do what he's doing, great. But for me, it doesn't help the sport of boxing because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it is still a pure sport. Yes, it has all sorts of things that go around and people say, oh, it's dodgy here, it's dodgy there. But you know what? In the end, two guys or gals have got to hop in the ring and face off. Mm. But the ninety nine point nine percent of them are genuine. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't get the hype train on. It's the like it's like the clickbait of boxing, isn't it? Oh, completely. The yeah. good, good call, man. The Daily Mail of boxing. <laughs> um, well, and sticking with all things money. Um, what is it with you and money today? I'm struggling. That's probably okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. The crypto market is down. Oh, uh, don't, going- don't jump into that one. That's, I got a mate of mine that does it right. And he does it on a little wee bits. And he said to me the other day, he's one of my cameramen, and he said, "Oh, yeah, I've just gone to this one, this one, this one." He said, "The other day, uh, it went to 120 million, but I just realised it was a, a stuff." I said, "How much you got in the end? Uh, 1,200." Yeah. And I said, "How much more have you got than the 1,200 you invested? Uh, 1,200." <laughs> mate, I'd, I'd take 1,200 at this stage. Um, this man, though, this. Is, um, now this is a story that I've been actually following for quite a while because there's a man who a British man who you might have seen this a British man a British man who lost uh, 340 million euros yeah I think it's euros maybe it's pounds worth of Bitcoin after he accidentally threw out an old hard drive that had all of his passwords and 
everything on it. And now Bitcoin isn't, this isn't, this decentralized. So you can't just contact the customer support and say, excuse I me, I forgot my password, um, send it to my phone. So um, this story came out a couple of years ago and he's been trying to convince the local council to let him rummage through the, the trash <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. and fair enough too with 340 million Mate, euros. he's, he's offered them a quarter of it. Pardon? He's offered them a quarter of it. If he, if he finds it, yeah, he'll give it, the trash place a quarter of the, th- the 340 mil. Because Bitcoin's the most solid crypto. Correct, right? that, yes. That's the big one. It is. It's and your hedge. Like even if you had 20 Bitcoin. Yeah, that's at about, it's at about 70, 80 grand. 80 grand a pop, yeah. so one Bitcoin. I, don't, I still don't get mm. the whole crypto market about mining. Yes. And, and I've spoken to my, my son about this. He says, yeah, Dad, it's okay. But, and he went, he went all uh, very nicely to environmentalist on me. He went, yeah, but Dad, it just sucks up so much power mm. because computers have got a – is Big it looking for, it's looking for zeros and Xs and things like – is that how it works? Yeah, but, I mean, the, the way – just a quick rundown of crypto for everyone yeah, listening. Um, so basically you've got um, transactions that are very – by the community as opposed to what you have with banks where transactions are verified by one bank. Um, so it's verified by the community. Now what happens is everyone races to verify that transaction on what they call the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And if you verify the transaction first, you get a prize for doing that. You get a reward for doing that. And it's like 0.25, it's quarter of a Bitcoin at the moment, I think. The problem is with Bitcoin, the way their model works is you have, let's say for argument's sake, 10 people trying to verify the transaction. They're all using a lot of power, a lot of energy, a lot of resource to try and do that first. Only one person can get it right and, and get the money. So you get a lot of wasted resource. A lot of the new cryptos coming through now are doing a different model where rather than having 10 people all going for it, they just pick one person at random and say, right, you have the chance to try and verify the transaction. If you do it, you'll get your prize. If you don't, you get penalised to stop people from just you know loading up on getting man, all these random. I, I just I just glazed over. I know. So let's go uh, back to the man <laughs> who's lost 340 million. So he's he's now getting really desperate. As you can understand, right? Yeah, yeah. You would if you had that much money. He's employed um, OnTrack, which is a company that once helped NASA recover an important hard drive from the Columbia Space Shuttle after it plunged back to Earth in 2003. Um, so he's employed this company to basically do like aerial photography and forensics of the dump site to try and recover the hard drive. Um, they reckon that there's an 80 to 90% chance that they can recover um, the hard drive if it hasn't been like completely destroyed. Well, if he's just thrown it in the rubbish, it'll be in the rubbish. The mm. question is how how they do that. You know the other thing that I'm, I'm, I just don't get? Mm. NFTs. Oh, yeah, let's not go down non- that. Non-fungible not, tokens. Let's not go down that um, yeah, There's people saying hole. they're making millions out of this by just selling, what is it, a, a digital art. Basically. And, and, I mean, and it, it could be a currency. Oh, do you honestly believe it could be? You know that guy Gary V? Gary V, yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's, he's all, mm. he says NFTs will be a currency. Currency will become an honest. I'm going. Really? I think NFTs are more to me. They're more like um, they're like sports gambling, right? Like you take a punt and it may do amazing, but a lot of them won't. And a lot of not innocent people, a lot of ill-educated people will invest in something thinking it's going to be massive, and it dies, and they've wasted you know thousands of dollars doing it. So I see it more as gambling NFTs, to be honest. Yeah, but I don't. I just. I just. I don't. Just don't get it. This maybe, guy, maybe I'm just not. My mind is not liberated enough to feel that it's. Mm. It's, 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 a, it's a. We know it's a real thing, but I, I just don't buy the hype. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, that <laughs> okay. guy lost his hard drive back in 2013. So that's <laughs> uh, eight years in the trash. Euros, is, um, 340 million euros. I'd be going. Yeah, I'll keep going. I'll keep 
keep going. Yeah. I'll keep going. You can have a share. I can't pay you now, I'll be, but you can have a share. I'll be going through the rubbish bags myself. And just finally, yeah. um, North Korea. Um, yes, Shh, you got to be quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was already. Are we off here, are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, if, like, all I'll say is, if you've got a birthday in the next eleven days, don't celebrate that in North Korea because um, they've put a ban on um, laughing, drinking, celebrating birthdays, and buying food for the next eleven days. Well, there to is mar- no food to, for the, uh, to mark a, ten years of Kim Jong-un's rule and to commemorate the anniversary of the death of his father. And, of course, you're not allowed to laugh, you know, when Kim Jong-un's mourning the death of his father. The whole country needs to yeah, nah. unite under that. Yeah, I um, just, I just, well, it's just, that's another story altogether talking about that regime, isn't it? I, I, I watched that Seth Rogen movie, The, Inter- oh, yeah. the Interview. Yeah. Just go and watch that. Then you yeah. can laugh your head off because that is really, really funny. I'll, um, I'll finish with the fact of the day. Ooh, that's why I like to finish with the fact down. of that. Yeah. Um, Home Alone. Are you a fan of Home Alone? Yep. Haven't you know, seen the new one though yet. You know the um the the filthy animal, the movie that's played in the clip. You know, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, and right. a happy okay. New Year. It's an old. It's a black and white movie, right? Yeah. Yes, but any, it's it's any, not actually a movie. They made that for oh. Home Alone, so they filmed it off. You know, as a sort of a side shoot, and it and it angels with filthy souls, and it was. The, oh the crew my of Home goodness! Alone, who so Merry Christmas, you filthy animal! Yeah, I always Guns. wanted to go find the movie. I was like, I wanted to go watch Angels with Filthy Souls, but it doesn't exist. Wow! Oh my goodness! You learn something every time. Okay, that that was brilliant. What's making news? All right, ten fifty-three. We'll wrap up this hour and look ahead to Die Henwood in the next. I just talked about call of the day. Well, you can be the call of the day if you call on 0800-150-811. You can win yourself a fifty-dollar night and day voucher. And if you've never called before, why don't you break the rules and do it? Be that hi, first-time caller, long-time listener. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. On anything we've been talking about this morning, we've had both uh, Joseph Parker and David Nika exclusively on SENZ this morning. What did you think of their fights? How do you think they go down the path? Both are going to have a white Christmas in England. By the way, uh, it'll be stumped by Stephen at around 11.40 this, uh, this morning, and we'll uh, check on the TRB with Paul Mawate. Lots to come, but and, oh, yeah, the McFiver. The McFiver. Nothing liver than the McFiver on SENZ. So there's a lot to look forward to. But if you want to be the call of the day and win that $50 night and day voucher, well, just get on the phone. It's not hard to pick it up. Push the little dial. 0800 150 811. That's 0800 150 811. In response to the Nika interview, thank you, Jordan. He says, David's a man of great integrity to show loyalty to Sport New Zealand for helping and nurturing him in New Zealand. Nice thoughts. News coming next. Um, for one reason, that we're not going to see you as much on seven days, but you're going to be building blocks next year as the new Lego Master King, right? Is that Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we start early next year on Lego Masters New Zealand, and um, I'm pretty stoked because I watch it. Um, my son and I just love the franchise. And, um, you know, joining that. And, um, no, seven days is having a bit of a shake-up as well. So um, that's going to be a fresh... Um, Fresh show, which um, I'll be on a few hits of that and so forth. But no, uh, it's looking exciting for 2022. Mate, I'm, I'm so happy for you because, you know, to get and jump into a franchise like League of Masters, albeit you're having to cross networks. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Gone, gone to the Death Star, as we say in the business. <laughs> yeah, all those things are all a bit different these days. Everyone's a bit more chilled out. You sound very chilled out. How's your year been? And, and uh, what, are you looking, what are you doing over Christmas before we get into stuff? 
Well, it has been a, a really good year, actually. I mean, obviously, for everyone, the last um, three months has been pretty topsy-turvy, but we've just used it to sort of um, really connect with the kids and so forth. And, um, I mean, that middle part of the year was wonderful. It seems like we've had about three years and one, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> no, we've had a pretty good year, and Christmas is just going to be um, chilling out. My mum comes up. We're based in Auckland, and mum comes up from Wellington, and it's just going to be catching nice. up with family and hitting a lot of West Coast beaches. Oh, oh surfing? Or are you a yes, su- surfing. Are you a surfer? I am. I'm not. Um, I'm more a paddler, to be honest. <laughs> Longboard. Long Longboard. No, um, I'm a short man with a short board. But um, <laughs> I, I, at, at, at a beach like Piha, I would say I'm thirty, ninety-three percent paddling, seven percent yeah. surfing. There's no way. There was no way I'd get out in the water there, and I'd, I'd need a longboard <laughs> just to hold me up anyway. So your warriors this year. What do you make of them? Well. Um, huh. That's a very interesting question. I've been <laughs> pondering, to be honest, and it's it's a uh, it's I've been having a break from rugby league because I always get very emotional throughout the season. Um, it was a year is to be expected. Um, I fin- I sort of picked us finishing around that twelve to fourteenth mm. um, place. However, I thought there was quite a lot to like out of them in terms of. The, the signing of Reese Walsh and just seeing how he plays footy is amazing. Um, and I thought we, we are showing a bit more starch up front. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I think Nathan Brown ha- is starting to really get a team together and um, signings that we're not going to see next year, but um, the year after in um, Marata Niakore and Luke Metcalf, I'm pretty amped about. So we're definitely in with a grin, but I don't think next year is our year because unfortunately those teams below us, like the Canterbury Bulldogs and so forth, yes. have built have just seemed to build themselves <laughs> these amazing rosters. Uh, so I expect teams like that to sort of maybe leapfrog us, and I, with all honesty, don't see next year as a top eight year for oh us. Oh my god, mate! Def- you, you're I you're writing them def- off already. Not writing them off. I just like because um, I'm honestly I'm a massive rugby league fan first, and a Warriors fan second. So I'm not writing them off, but I think it it is going to be a big struggle to get into the eight next year because there's so many great teams. But I think we're building really nicely and solidifying to be a real threat in the comp from sort of twenty twenty three onwards. Oh, okay. So we'll just have another uh, sit back and wait year. Okay, then. So what did you make when you when you heard the news that Sean Johnson was coming back to the fold? It was. <laughs> it was. I mean, I, well, I, I think Sean Johnson has been playing wonderfully at the Sharks, and um, I, I honestly pick him. Um, I know he's sort of probably around that mid-career stage, but I certainly pick him in his back end of the career to hopefully go the Benji Marshall route where he tailors his game a bit more, he becomes more of a game maker, um, really has an amazing passing game, and it's not so much about speed and breaks, and it's more about organising the team around the park. My one worry would be on the injury front as we um, sort of seem to suffer a bit on the injury front and Sean Johnson is a bit injury prone. 
So that'll be something to watch. But the fact that we haven't fully nailed our halves down yeah. is an issue. So whoever's partnering him in the halves, like they sort of... Ash have, Taylor, probably. I'm hearing good <laughs> things about Ash Taylor from the Titans. He's on a train in Tron. I'm hearing he's coming fit and... I, I would suggest to you, Di Henwood, that maybe Taylor takes control and they allow Johnson to do what he does and plays what's in front of him. Yeah, Ash Taylor's an interesting one. I mean, I mean, your your sort of gut reaction's probably, oh no, what are we doing? But a train and trial deal is sort of perfect. He's he has the makings of an amazing player. He's shown that. However, he went from zero to this million dollar deal sort of situation. So I think I think having the financial pressure off him to be the best player in a team is gonna be a real positive. Um I I've been a little bit dubious around um Wade Egan at nine, but at the back end of the year he, he showed real promise and um he could settle in um I mean with re signed him he's here for the next three years. Um, he <laughs> yeah. could really settle in for to the being that sort of workhorse warrior that we know and love, like your Nathan Friend type player. Yeah, would would you though have thrown the thrown the uh, checkbook at Brandon Smith? I would have. I would have built a team around him. Um, no, because he oh, desperately oh. wants nothing to do with the Warriors. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hang on, hang on. It says so, who? Says who? What insight all do you have? Says Brandon Smith. He's multiple times says the club he doesn't want to play for is the Warriors is the vibe I get off him. I think I also worry about Brandon Smith. I think personality-wise he's not the type of guy we need at the club. I worry about buying, buying players out of Melbourne because Melbourne just... Um, Melbourne has such an aspirational culture that every other club looks to. And I think um, Brandon Smith out of Melbourne, unless he is at the Roosters or somewhere, he would become a, a wee bit of a loose cannon. Um, wow. But yeah, I, from interviews, I get the vibe that he doesn't really want to play at the at the Warriors. Oh my gosh, you've just you've just dropped that one on me. Well, you've just got to remember that the, your your captain next year is Tohu Harris out of the Melbourne Storm. Exactly. <laughs> he there is a, there's an exception to every rule, <laughs> and Tohu Harris. I mean, hasn't he? You know, we've always we've always had a player like Tohu, like in terms of your Stephen Price. You know, those ones yeah, yeah. you just rely on. Yeah. Like they're not gonna. They're not doing the 80-metre runaway try, but they're doing everything right. They're making every tackle, and they're leading from the front. I love Tohu. And, and I mean, I may sound doom and gloom that I wasn't predicting the Warriors in the top eight, but I'm just I'm taking a bit of a measured approach. I've spent <laughs> half of 25 years saying this is our year. <laughs> I've spent a third of that saying, oh, we're going to be last. And now I'm sort of going for the... I'm setting my expectations slightly low and hope we go high. How how are you struggling not having the ability to go and watch a game at Mount Smart? Because as you and I both know, that is one of the best sporting experiences on a fortnightly basis in this town and in this country. Look, oh, I I mean I'm I'm lucky enough to to work at the home games, running the um the captain's lounge out there and sort of we get to talk to ex-players, whoever's in town. There's such a good vibe up there. Um, my whānau come along with me. I, I miss it 
more than anything. It's such a highlight of the winter. And also, I think, look how many close games we had this year that were that were like within a point to four points. I believe that if we were playing at home, we would have nabbed a few of those games, and that that might have been the difference between before between us getting up to sort of seven. So, I mean, I'm stoked that we there are a few penciled in, but I'm also nervous because as this year's shown. Anything can happen at any time. Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm over this year. I'm over the last two years. And now when another a variant pops up, you go, well, when does this stop? Because what really concerns me is that the fans have lost their team. And do you think they're losing their identity, the Warriors? No, I think, I think the club's got a strong, a strong culture, like um, through right down from the top with the uh, CEO Cameron George and I think we're really making the best of a bad situation I do find it quite weird that we've been in this for long enough that we now have players in the team who have never been to New Zealand which is a really (laughs) bizarre situation to be in Um, I think we need to get home because I mean what our feeder club was Redcliffe Dolphins and they're obviously now going to be entering the comp themselves Mm -hmm. So I think not having the Warriors at home is having probably roll-on effects. Yeah. Like um, yeah. it means the aspiration for a lot of local kids who are playing league yeah. can't, you know, see the Warriors as the stepping stone because they they seem to be an Aussie-based club now. But we want to stay in the comp. It's an Australian comp, and I'm really proud of the boys. But oh god, it'd be good to have a bit of normality and be able yeah. to roll out. To yeah. South Auckland and hear those drums as you're walking up. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting tingles. Yeah, mate. No, nothing better than a game day experience. What did you ask Santa for Christmas? Oh, uh, to be honest, a, li- a little bit of peace and quiet because <laughs> <laughs> it is chaos around our house on Christmas. But um, no, I am um, a good a good pair of board shorts. I keep it pretty simple. Wow, I, I tend to rip them. But what? that's just because I've got amazing quads, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to it. Hey, Di, thanks as always. I love talking footy with you, but I just, I'm really happy to see you moving through and uh, the best of luck with Lego Masters, man. It's, it's an exciting time for you. Oh, I'm really stoked about that. And um, you have a beautiful uh, Christmas and New Year period. And to all of the listeners out there, it gets hectic at this time of year. But um, just sit down and have a moment to yourself. Yeah, good call. Thanks, Di. Happy Christmas, mate. It's 11.16 here on SENZ Summer Days. Di Henwood, one of the biggest Warrior fans. I actually didn't realise that he did work in the the captain's lounge as well. So there you go. 11.16, coming shortly. I think it's the McFiver. Got no idea what the McFiver is, but there is nothing liver than the McFiver. This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver. And for me, Ian Smith. On SENZ. Hey! 11.21, SENZ Summer Days with Stephen McIver in for Smithy and uh, Brian and Sam, the team, bringing you 10 through 2 up until... Christmas Eve, which is uh, this coming Friday. Now it's time for something completely new. Well, it's probably new in a just a different form. But the, <laughs> no, but this is brand new. This is brand new. This is called the McFiver. Yeah, the McFiver. 
five sporting questions. Well, five questions, actually. Oh, um, not oh, necessarily good. sport. Five questions I'm going to throw at you, uh, Stephen. We'll see how you, how you cope. Um, oh, and right. give us your thoughts on the fly. So for everyone out there, I haven't uh, given these to Stephen beforehand. So he's, this is all natural. This is all uh, organic, as they say. Please. 100% plant-based. Uh, <laughs> question one. Stephen, uh, Joseph Parker, does he get a title fight within the next 12 months? No, he doesn't get a title fight within, because it's such, such a mess, unless the Dillian White... Uh, the, is it Dillian White, the Tyson Fury thing, fall yep. over or something like that? And does he become the pawn and all of that? I'm not so sure about that. Eh? It's it's a tough one because, you know, there, there are people holding belts. And I don't truly understand the whole nine yards. I see Bob Arams sort of playing things up a little bit, trying to work on the negotiations to make it easier to get Dillian White into the table with, with Tyson Fury. So, yeah, I, I want him to have another fight and show the improvement again. I'm still not sure that he is in the same league. I hate to say it, same mm. league as the Tyson Furies, the Deontay Wilders, even even the Usyks. I'm just not sure. I don't know enough. I've followed boxing for years, but I'm just not sure. So give give us another fight. Get, show us, knock someone on their bum, and then maybe I'll go. Yeah, now now let's start talking about it. I think they've got to be they've got to manage this one really carefully. I'm sure they're already thinking about. Oh, that. they'll be point. Know, there'll yeah. be there'll be computations going yeah. on left, right, and centre, and it all comes down to one simple thing: money. Yeah. And the end of the day, this is all about how much you're going to pay X, Y, Z to make sure that something happens. And, and and honestly, and and to keep the integrity of the heavyweight division, right? They might be using those um, crypto computers to work <laughs> out who's next. I don't even start. Do you reckon me, he's only a one fight a year guy now? Because I mean, obviously, he's never going to do what he did in 2016, where he fought like five guys in a year. Yeah. Is he a one fight a year? Is he a no, two fight a year? I think he's a definitely a two fighter. Yeah. I think I think two. I think when you have two fights in a year, you can take that fight and go. Yep, we got the win here, and now we plan it. So you can have proper camps. I think it's a bit like you know how they say you should uh, the body's not built to run a marathon. Yeah, uh, because it's not physically, but you people run marathons all the time, and mm-hmm. world records do in under two two hours, which is just bonkers. I don't think the body, m- more so the head, should be should be battered more than twice a year. I mean, you know, let's be blunt. Mm. This is this is a dangerous game, but it's been around for years, and most of us love it. Mm. Yeah, I no, we, just, we just don't want to be the ones in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, number two. Um, what's your number one Christmas movie of all time? I Actually, what, what's just your number? What do you like watching around Christmas? What's your number one? What's your? I don't watch. I don't get into. You're watch. not a Christmas movie. I'm a person. movie person. I yeah. love. I love movies. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to uh, fall over and, and decide what is my favourite Christmas movie whatsoever. See, I'm a big. If act- you had to, I'm, a, I'm an action sort of guy, so I keep. Don't watching. you say it. Don't you say it. No, I wasn't going to say it. Um, <laughs> like, I'm a Disney sort of guy, like okay. a Star Wars. Though, so yeah, I'm, a, yeah, yeah, I'm a big yeah. Star Wars fan. I, I, I like. I do like Bruce Willis, but I some other different Bruce Willis's movies. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the other day, The Last Boy Scout, which was one of his older movies. And he's um, The Fifth Element. Have you ever done it? Yeah, you, great film, ever, that is. Now, that, that, yeah. was a, that was, believe it or not, Jean-Paul Gaultier, all the fashion in that one, mm. the French designer. And that I discovered that movie out of the blue. I went... How good is this? Mm. And I've watched it about five or six times. Really uh, good film. So, so yeah, I'm that sort of guy. I've been trying to, I've been trying to watch Hawkeye. I'm a bit of one of those kids. Okay. Those kids. I love all the. I'm not. I've had a moment where I did all the Marvel Universe stuff, right? And I know my son's just gone, went and saw the new Spider-Man movie, yes. No Way Home. But have you seen that? Saw it last night. And it, and apparently, unbelievable. It, uh, apparently, it closes a lot of. 
uh, storylines yes. off. Yes. But apparently Tom Holland's going to, they're going to keep Tom Holland on as Spider-Man. Okay. They're going to keep him going. Oh, they will keep him, They yeah, will keep but- him as Spider-Man. But what's... I'm not so so without being a spoiler. I don't know because well, you can't you can spoil it for me. I don't know what storylines they close off here. That's mainly concern. Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to tell you. You need to oh. you need to go and watch. Um, yeah, uh, Home Alone. Good, good though, right? Oh, it's amazing. It's must must see. How Absolute o- must see. How old are you? Uh, Twenty eight. Okay. And you think I'm too old for this? I grew up. I grew up with Marvel, mate. I grew up with Marvel from when I was fifteen. You know, like or, you're almost my... dirt. No, that's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. You're yeah. to be my son. It's okay. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the cusp of it being inappropriate. Uh, B man, what are you? Uh, what's your number one Christmas movie, mate? It's a hard number. I'd probably say Home Alone. Yeah. Home oh, Alone 1. Mate, that is... The second one, of course. That is so cliché. Oh, the second one. It's, it's like Lost in New York. Yeah, that's the... That's, there's yeah. a, well, there's a new Home Alone movie out on I know, Netflix. I know. I've been sitting I'm not going to touch and it. And I've been sitting going, do I watch it? Do I watch it? Do I watch it? I tell you, if you want to watch something funny, mm. go on Netflix. Yeah, if you like series, I'm a big binger, right? Yep. But there is a, there is a series called The Great... Yes. With Nicholas Holt and Al Fanning. Okay. About uh, him being the Tsar of Russia and who <laughs> wanted to take the crown. Honestly, it's some of the funniest, best written television I have seen. It's called The Great. All right. That's going straight on the list. Um, a couple other ones to, to wrap up. Yep. Uh, question number three. Uh, the Aussies, are they going to win 5 0 on the Ashes, do you think? Yep. Yep. I'm not even going to say it. And I'm Easy. not a cricketer. But I'm the way. I mean, when you hear, when you hear England uh, overnight saying, um, we think we picked the wrong team, you go, yeah. Dickheads. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because uh, B-Man was saying, oh, maybe they'll rest after they win the third one. The Boxing Day, they might rest a few. But, but of course, all the matches are up for Test Championship points. Yeah, so why and, would you? And you don't rest. If you're the Australians, you just grind them into the ground, yeah. as you should. Uh, question four. Um, I don't know how quick this one's actually going to be for you. Um, <laughs> what's going on with the Phoenix and the Breakers? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going to talk to uh, Alex Rufa. After the shift today, uh, because you know you're not allowed to talk to them before a game on the eve of a game. So we're going to talk to Alex Roofer, the captain, uh, so we can play it out on Wednesday because they've got a quarterfinal, an FFA Cup quarterfinal against Manchester. What's going on? Uh, they are working really hard. They are a young team. They don't look like they have a clue defensively. The Phoenix right now, mm. and when you talk defence, uh, the Breakers. I watched the Breakers again at the weekend. Man, they're they're that, I mean, yes, they're down on power, but they're all over the place. Honestly, there is something not right with both those camps. The Phoenix women lost at the weekend, so we can't really because they're new, so we can't just suck them into that one. But the Phoenix men, mm. they're young, they're young, and I'm told that they haven't had many days off. They are doing a lot of travel. <laughs> poor, poor professional they, sports people. Yeah, a lot of travel from the Sydney Five Star Resort. Yeah. Um, oh no, 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 no! Come on, we can't, we, <laughs> we can't come into that. It is they're away, they're they're away in their own env- an environment that no one wishes they were in. But I, I haven't seen them look that average in a long, long time. So I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, which is disappointing because they actually looked really good for those first, um, yeah, first, first two games. The first two games. Um, yeah. Okay, in question five, um, would you rather? It's a would you rather. And I know you're a Star Wars fan, so that's why I put this in here. Okay. Would you rather, for the rest of your life, talk like Yoda <laughs> or breathe like Darth Vader? <laughs> would I Would I talk like Yoda or breathe like Vader for the rest of your life? It's with you 24-7. Ouch. Uh, like, like Yoda, would you talk? I, or I, I, Like Yoda, <laughs> would you talk? Uh, no, I think I'd go down the, the, breathing. the breathing one. But like when you're doing an interview, that's just going to be in the background the whole time. So, so, so good morning, Joseph Parker. <sighs> yeah. 
we just turn your mic off. Yeah, I think I think I'll do that one. Yeah, all right, okay. So I'm going to breathe like Darth Vader for the rest of my life. I'll take that. Be good for my good for my exhalation inhalation. Email. That was the McFiver. Wow, it's half past eleven. Yeah, now I'm in the summer mood. I'm an 80s child, so music like this just gets me going. It's 11.32 on Summer Days with Stephen McIver. Coming your way this week, we'll hear from Scott McLaughlin on what his IndyCar year was like and what he's looking forward to next year. And also uh, two-time WMX world champion back-to-back, Courtney Duncan, coming your way on Thursday morning uh, just after 10. So there's a lot to look forward to. And on Friday, just after 10, we'll talk to the man behind Sale GP in this country, a man who would normally be spending his time now thinking about the AS be classic the former tournament director Carl Budge who's now Mr Sale GP in this part of the world but at 11.33 you can bet live on your favourite sports just download the TAB app today and Paul Mawadi joins us right now g'day buddy how are you yeah I'm very good thanks Stephen okie dokie so what gives today when it comes to putting some money on something Okay, well, we've got a bonus back promotion on this afternoon Super Smash match between the Auckland Aces and the Northern Brave. That match about to start, well, starts around 2.40 this afternoon. Also got a bonus back promotion on the Big Bash match between the Perth Scorchers and the Hobart Hurricanes uh, later on tonight at around a quarter past nine. And, of course, for you NFL fans, we've got a bonus back promotion on the match between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ooh. and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that due to start around 2.20 this afternoon. But Tom Brady and the Buccaneers yep. looking very, very good there against the Saints who have a number of injuries. Uh, but to be, look, these divisional matchups are I never love, easy. Oh, I love it. I love like, it. You, how, you just, how, how, short, how short are the Bucks to win the whole thing? Oh, you're talking about the uh, Super Bowl? Yeah, Is that yeah. what we're talking? Well, yeah, the whole, whole... I mean, are they short, short, or is it Arizona, the Cardinals? Are they are they as short? I'll tell you what, we'll just have a look at that market I, right I, now. I am going to ask uh, you, because I'm a big I'm a big NFL fan. I'm a, I'm a Dallas Cowboys supporter, Dak Prescott on the team, but I just don't think they're, they're showing enough when you've got teams like, you know, the Chiefs are now starting to roll, and the New England Patriots under Mac Jones are suddenly going, hang on, we don't have Tom Brady, but look, we're, we're, we're going we're to throw something at them. No, that's right. Although the Patriots did stumble this week, uh, they're ten dollars to win the Super Bowl. The Patriots, your Cowboys, are eleven dollars to win Super Bowl. The favourites at the moment, right at the top of the table, right at the top of the market, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five dollars. They are the favourites to win the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs at five fifty. Yeah. Will we see a, re- a repeat of last year's Super Bowl? The Bucks Chiefs. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked that with a month of Sundays when the Chiefs had such a, a slowish start. But suddenly they have found their groove, baby. You can't keep Patrick Mahomes down for too long, <laughs> and he's he's got those Chiefs turned around. Uh, on the basketball side of things, I can tell you we're taking a ten thousand dollar bet today on the Memphis Grizzlies to beat the Portland Trailblazers. So I, I don't know if that Hunter is a Stephen Adams fan. Yeah, um, wow. But he's very, very confident on the chances of the Memphis Grizzlies, $10,000 at $1.55 to beat the Portland Trailblazers today. And that match due to starting, oh, I think in half an hour's time. All right, mate. Well, t- we're going to talk to you a little bit later on, so give me something fresher as well when we talk to you a little bit later on, okay, Paul? No worries. I'll keep it. I'll keep coming. Stay fresh, buddy. Stay fresh. <laughs>
Thanks, bud. It's going to be a long summer, Steve. <laughs> Here's Paul Whiting from the TAB Promotions in plan hundreds of sport markets to choose from. Visit the tab.co.nz and please gamble responsibly. It is an R18 thing to do. Not R18, but very tough to do is play four rounds of golf, 72 holes uh, for the Cancer Society because that's what uh, Scotty Dickinson, Aitchison, excuse me, Scott Aitchison from SENZ is doing today uh, because, you know, every day 71 New Zealanders are diagnosed with cancer. So today is the longest day and you you can donate to visit thelongestday.org.nz and search SENZ to donate. They're out at Akarana. Scotty joins us right now. Um, I haven't caught you in the middle of a, a, an eagle or a birdie putt, have I, Scotty? I tell you what, Stephen, you've actually caught me on the, the hardest stroke hole of Akarana. I'm actually a local member here. Um, I'm on hole number 13, unlucky for some. <laughs> and as I was on hold, I had my wee ear peeps in. I was listening to you boys talk about like Tampa Bay Buccaneers and got me all revved up, so I thought I'd let rip. Um, I'm sitting just short of the green for two, so I'll take a bogey on this hole all day, any day. So, um, How long yeah, is it? How long is the hole? How, how long is the hole? No, it's not that it's super long. It's actually pretty um, achievable. It's just this undulating, sloping green that has about three levels, and it's certainly, it's, if you don't get it, basically, if you don't get it up on that top here, it's going to roll back down. Oh, so what is, so how far out are you? How far, how far out are you? Alright, look at my uh, little watch here. I'm about 48, so I reckon I just had a a nice pitching wedge? Up and on. A nine? I would say. Probably had a pitching wedge a little bit longer than that, but um, Yes, I'm a big... not, 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 not the biggest hitter on, on, on the on the range. That's that's for sure, Stephen. But um, <laughs> one that tries. You know, I sit at about I'm only about a 22 handicap, but obviously out here, boss gave me a day off um, to do this for the cancer society. Yeah, and which is a fan- got, what, couple of the other a fantastic effort too. How many? Uh, so, what round are you into, by the way? Are you into the second round? We're into second round, Stephen. And um, I mean, I got here at the crack of dawn. I teed off just shy of six o'clock. The greenskeepers are doing this absolutely amazing job rolling out the greens as I was pretty much hitting up the fairway. So I'm probably like, what the, what the hell is this guy on about? But Akarana have been, um, as I was saying, in my local club, and they've been super nice to accommodate me for these four rounds. Um, and a few of the other SEMZ staff, we've got Stephen Beaver Donald coming to join us just after lunch, which should be nice for a cheeky night. And um, as you were saying before, it's all for a good cause. You know, I mean, it, it is a long day out here in this beautiful sun here in Akarana. But, um, you know, it's, it's all for the great, great cause, as you were saying, you know, whether you're... Um, effective, affected kind of directly or whether it's someone that you know that's been affected by this terrible disease. Um, SCNZ just out here trying to do our bit and raise a bit of awareness and of course raise some fun um, for the longest day. So as you're saying, longestday.org.nz and search SCNZ to uh, throw us a couple of bucks and of course it's all going for a really good Okay, do, do me a favour, take a pitching wedge and give it a nudge. Just just, just go against the all grain. Right, go right, against here, we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hang right, on. Mate. Hang on. Here we go. I'm actually doing this. I'm All right, okay, this. I'll okay, wait. Okay, breathe. 48 out. I've got my wee pitching. I've got a bunker about 30 yards in front of me, and I need this to go to the top. I'm going to land here on the right. So we're there thir- it's a 13th, right? So I'll give you the, the, the Bob 13th. Costas commentary. Here we are, Scotty, at, uh, coming yeah. approaching a 13 at Akarani. He's brought out a pitching wedge, 48 out. Uh, let's wait for the swing. Here we go. Oh, do you know what? Sounds good. Looks good. Let's out. look at the it's flight. It's going to work out. It did. Only half chip swing, and uh, we're putting for par, but it's a long putt. And that was the pitch. That was the pitching wedge. That was the pitch today, and I'll tell you what. I was going to go for the fifty-two or the fifty-six. So, um, oh, you know that... what? I think we should link up in the new year, Stephen. We need to talk golf. We need to talk caddying. We need to. 
Good man. All right. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Say pitching wedge your putting for par. You were happy to get a bogey. Thank you, Stephen. All right, Scotty. Talk to you soon, mate. Uh, take care. Great job you're doing out there too. Is Scotty Aitchison, one of the SENZ team, because uh, today is the longest day. Visit longestday.org.nz and search SENZ to donate to the Cancer Society. Uh, wow. Every donation you receive goes towards cancer research, prevention, support services for people who need our support most. Quite a nice thing to do uh, on the week towards Christmas. It is 11.40. Okay. Now is your chance to get on the blower. 0800 150811. 0800 And it's time to stump Stephen. This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. Stumped by Stephen. Yeah, this is where you have to. This is where you have to fire up Sam, and, and you take control. Like yes, three subjects, right? Yes, three subjects, and uh, this this is a new one for me. We usually do minute to win it in the afternoon. We're doing uh, stump by have Stephen. To, have to breathe a little bit because it's a little bit shorter. Yes, just the endurance version. It is, and this is where the, the lights are all shining down on one person in the middle. And I think we've got um, yeah, and it's, uh, I think we've got uh, Craig online first. So the three categories we've got today, yeah, um, three questions in each category. We've got boxing, of course. Yeah, we've got football. Oh. Soccer football, and we've got American sport. Um, and so the way it works is uh, obviously I give you a question, you can answer. If you get it wrong, um, then Stephen gets a chance to stump you. And if he stumps you, you're out. Um, but if he doesn't, you can move on. And if you get the third question, the third lucky question right, you win yourself some sleep drops. New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. So I think we've got Craig on the line there. Do we have you, Craig? You do indeed. Good morning, morning, gentlemen. Yeah, good morning, Craig. How are you? How are your Christmas preps going? Are you going away? Are you staying? What's the story? Ah, just working through. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> well, you've got some work to do here, mate. Uh, what do you want to pick as your category? You've got boxing, football, or American sport? Uh, have a crack at American sport. Ooh, okay, wow. there we go. Wow, okay, like it's, good, it's a good this mix. Good, yeah. There's a good mix of questions in here, uh, Craig. So we'll start uh, with question number one. In American sport, uh, the Larry O'Brien Trophy is awarded to the winner of which American sport? Larry O'Brien. Uh, I'll have a crack at ice hockey. Feet everywhere, body nowhere, and uh, the rest of him on the way back to the pavilion. Oh, let's see if uh, Stephen can stump you. I was going to say ice hockey. No, um, the Larry O'Brien. Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, okay. Uh, can I? Can I? Can I get a starter for 10? Like, is it a major sports <laughs> No, trophy? you get no clues. You get no clues, mate. The Larry O'Brien trophy. I'll tell you what, if this was cricket, the ball's, he's back in his crease easily. <laughs> the Larry O'Brien, I've heard of it before, the Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, no, no idea. No it's idea. the NBA, fellas. It's the NBA. Okay. Okay, so he's still, so Craig's so he's still, still alive. He's, he's put the foot back and uh, it's gone upstairs. He he did lift it up <laughs> off the off the line, but he's put it back down. So Craig, uh, you move on to question number two, mate. Uh, the Avalanche are an NHL team from which US state? Uh, Colorado. That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot. Way, too, way, it goes. way too easy. Well done, well done. So we go to question three, and mate, you're going to have to get this one right. Because the keeper is rearing to go, I can tell you. <laughs> Dak Prescott is a quarterback for which NFL team? God only knows. Uh, LA Rams. Oh. Everywhere. 
body nowhere, and uh, the rest of him on the way back to the pavilion. I tell you what, the, the, keep, the keepers, team, the Dallas ke- Cowboys, he's, baby. He's been licking his lips with a ball in hand, and just bang off the bales go. <laughs> the Cowboys, well done. So that means, uh, unfortunately, Craig, because that was the third question, you've been stumped, mate. Um, you don't get the sleep drops, and uh, our TAB bonus bet, fifty dollars bonus bet, is going to jackpot um, to tomorrow. So a hundred bucks up for grabs tomorrow. Unlucky, Craig. There's no problem. Good stuff, Stephen. Hey, no, well, it wasn't too hard, mate, in the, the last one because that's my favourite <laughs> team. Hey, but uh, why do you like American export? export? I don't know. I thought it was something different. Nice. Is there any specific sport that you used to go, actually, I'm going to buy into that one? Oh, no specific sport. I thought keep away from boxing and football. No, that's okay. Hey, mate, what did you think of Parker fight? I didn't see it, but what I heard about it, he said, I thought he would have taken. He dropped him three times, didn't he? I thought he should have put him put him away when he had. He hasn't got that killer instinct, I don't think. Oh, it's interesting. I asked him that question in our exclusive interview this morning, just after ten. He said uh, he was told just to just back off and just take his time because he knew that Chisora had a chin like a rock. So uh, he looked okay. a, he looked a whole lot better. Hey, Craig, happy Christmas, buddy. Likewise, Stephen. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. So no uh, no uh, sleep drops for, for Craig, but uh, if you do want some sleep drops, you can try NZ Sleep Drops at sleepdrops.co.nz. For all ages, lifestyle, stages, and sleeping challenges, always read the label and take as directed. Um, so tomorrow, we'll, uh, we'll go again. And we'll we'll, we'll have, go again. We'll have just double prizes all over the place. We'll have double prizes. We'll, just, we'll, we'll be the giving giving we show. will be yeah we'll be a very christmas uh, christmasy and those uh we'll actually we'll keep them as run over categories eh? so we have boxing and football tomorrow um and there'll be a third category we'll add in so those two will, will cross over fair play um, for someone who thinks they're a boxing or a football aficionado i like that one i'm not very good on football i'll be blunt with you i've done a little bit of football and uh but i'm not that flash on it but hey that's why it's called stumped by Stephen at this particular point in time it's 11 51 Kiwi for sport. This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.56 on a Monday morning heading towards lunchtime, not too far away, about to four minutes away, so wherever you are around the country, if you're on the road, please take it easy and, and be patient. I was listening to uh, Kempi and uh, Louis Herman Watt this morning, and uh, Kempi had been up north, and he said, uh, Louis asked them a question about having gone through the uh, checkpoints. It was, it was all nice and smooth, and remember, remember, they are pretty random, I'm told, if their police officers are on the, the borders. It sounds crazy, doesn't it, being on the border. Uh, but uh, just, you know, take your patience and remember you don't need to get to any road rage. You will get there in time. You don't have to rush to be where you think you need to be at a certain time, okay? That's the most incredible thing about road rage. Just take it nice and easy and keep your distance. If you're a thoroughbred owner, loveracing.co.nz or loveracing.nz and New Zealand Bloodstock wants you to grab your mates and enter a team to win. Oh, this sounds cool. If your team is successful, you'll be walking away with a 10% share in a racehorse purchased at Karaka in 2022. Training fees covered for two years. Travel to Auckland for a VIP experience at the Vodafone Derby Day and Karaka 2022. You can enter now at loveracing.nz slash, I love that word, .nz slash share the thrill and you could become a part owner of a thoroughbred, which would be a whole heap of fun. Uh, we had Di Henwood on uh, earlier this hour and we were talking about one of our favourite topics, which is a bit of footy, a bit of rugby league and, and I... I really raised my eyebrows uh, earlier last week or late last week uh, when the Warriors got excited about the fact that all black Geordie Barrett wanted to play for the Warriors. He said he'd often considered playing for them. And I'm going, 
My question to you, if you're the Warriors, is why? Why, when there is a bunch of talent out there, and 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 I certainly hope that uh, Mr. Barrett is not using it as a as a contract negotiation tool. It's it's a pretty obvious thing when you look at it and go, yeah, I like that. But he 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 said, to be honest, every off season or every time I'm sitting here watching a rugby league game, I think I'd love to go over there and play and play something just for a season. Well, to be fair, Geordie, no one's going to pick you up for just a season because you want to play it. Uh, rugby league uh, people, like rugby people, are you know honest, good, soul of the earth people, and they they want to see commitment and loyalty. And I certainly do not buy into the theory that just because you want to go and play for a season. Uh, it's going to be good for everyone because I'm not sure that you're the sort of player that's going to drag a crowd in, uh, particularly rugby league people. You might draw in the, shall we say, what I call the theatre goers, people that come and say, oh, that's nice. I wonder what Geordie's doing. Uh, stick with what you're really, really good at, Geordie, and stay there. Otherwise, make do that thing and go, shock horror pro, make the commitment. John Kerwin made the commitment at the later part of it. And I've got to say, when you think about code swappers, he was honest, and he was honest about what he went out and did. And he made it, JK wasn't the, far, the, the greatest rugby league player, but the one thing that was really honest about John his, was his commitment to doing the job right and actually going out there and working and training hard. He had a terrible running style as a rugby league player. He had a beautiful running style as a rugby union player. I don't know why it looked any different in a Warriors jersey. But So as far as I'm concerned, uh, Geordie, don't even bother uh, playing that game. If you want to commit, then commit and say, you're going to swap codes properly. Do what you have done. Do what you have done as an All Black and take it as far as you can. But don't start playing with other codes just because you want to do it, because it might be a nice thing to do. Loyalty is very, very important in codes, and particularly uh, rugby league people don't forget. Probably the best cross-coder from this part of the world was probably Matthew Ridge. In front of Botica, Daryl Halligan, so there's some good names, but they made a career out of it, not on just some little whim. It's midday. Four. That's the Gang of Youths. Aussie band played the NRL Grand Final a couple of years ago. And just uh, Sam just keeping us in the theme because we've been talking about a bit of footy this morning with Di Henwood and I've had a crack at Geordie Barrett. It's been an interesting old morning because we had an exclusive interview with Joseph Parker and also David Nika after 10 o'clock this morning. And if, you, uh, have, if, you, if you've been sitting under a mushroom, uh, as some people have, obviously, because we had a call this year, didn't know what was going on, uh, <clears throat> Joseph Parker won a unanimous points decision over Chisora yesterday. The scorecards were bonkers, but that's not important. The fact is he looked a whole lot stronger, a whole lot better. But there was still the concern from people saying, why couldn't you throw the killer punch? Oh, yeah, you know what? The worst time to try and attack someone is when they're actually hurt. And Derek, with all his experience and and the the numerous times he's been in the ring, he knows exactly how to handle himself when he's hurt. And um, you know, I didn't want to really rush getting into and, and trying to get him out of there. And Andy kept telling me, "Be patient, be patient, be patient. Pick your shots." And I felt like I felt like with this fight, I picked my shots a lot better. I was a lot more measured. But there were times where I could have got him out of there, and 
still something I have to work on. Yeah, and for me, that was all part of the gameplay. I was like you, screaming at the television, going, could you put him away? Yeah, particularly, particularly when he was stopped three times and then he watched... Chisora walked to the corner. Chisora turned his back on the referee. That's what I couldn't understand. And he's saying, well, come on, turn it. And I would have just, well, I would have run in there with a baseball bat because there's only only one way you're going to get Chisora out and knock him out was with a baseball bat because Joseph Parker hit him with some mag- magical uppercuts and he couldn't stop him. Uh, and, you, and, and all hailed the toughness of the Derek Chisora draw in an epic 12-rounder that really did test Joseph's fitness my fitness wise uh, because of the added weight I felt like my fitness in the first fight was better but then again I wasn't as active in the first fight so I think with this new added weight um, it'll be good just to to settle into it and work on my fitness a lot more next camp and camps moving forward and just keep practicing practicing what we've been working on with Andy and, yeah. and the gym and the, the thing we have garnered out of all of this talk from the week prior leading up to it and the post-fight chat that we had exclusively this morning with Joseph is that he's in a good space. He's in a really good space with a new coach in Andy Lee, taking nothing away from his former coach, Kevin Barry. But he's reset everything about Joseph Parker and the way he fights and the way he approaches fights, how he deals with what's going on in the fight. And you would have heard through that fight, stay smart, box smart, box smart. Don't get carried away. A little bit different on the other side when I asked the question of David Nika this morning. And, and I said, you know, well, you, you, you reset. And he basically changed everything, Andy Lee, on David Nika. Because there was some concern from local boxing aficionados when David Nika lost that semi-final in the Olympics that he was never going to make it at a professional level. Well, look, things change. New coach, and as he said to us, everything everything basically changed and he's he is in such a competent mood and, and everything just just worked out for a fight too this is uh, just a step a small step in the in the right direction I, I think I was surprised by how easy what how easy he was to hit um, you know I, I, I give all respect to my opponent so um, I expected a tough fight but yeah I guess um, I guess I guess that's a, that's a big positive isn't it that I was able to get him out uh, earlier than I'd expected. I hope he wasn't faking because I like I really needed really needed the time in the ring. So um, it would have been nice to get another round at least. And um, you know, I'd, I told a lot of people that I was going to get him out in the second. Um, but I think considering that he uh, retired on the stool, it counts as the first round. And there was some suggestion too that David Decker had actually detached his <laughs> detached Carpen's uh, what do you call it? The bicep muscle. He detached the bicep. He's not so sure. I think Carpenter realised he was in above his head. It's as simple as that, the way that David Nika came out and showed how good he can be. He did confirm to us, though, here on SENZ that he will be going for the three-peat as far as gold medals are concerned at the Commonwealth Games. He wants to go back to back to back, even after I question him why, because I think he shouldn't be mucking around anymore with the Com Games. He should be going pro. Uh, he said it's basically, and this is my interpretation of it, not exactly his words, purely out of loyalty to high-performance Sports New Zealand for funding him and, and, and making him able to do what he is doing. So fair play to loyalty. We did have a text earlier on the day about how good it was and what a, what a nice young man he is. We just hope that he actually does take the moniker the nice guy because he said he wanted to be the nice guy. 
And so we'll soon find out. He will be spending Christmas like Joe Parker. Uh, He'll have his partner over there and they'll be having a white Christmas. He's actually even questioning the fact that he might not take his MIQ spot up and maybe he stays over there. The big question is, who does he sign with? He said he's he says very good being over in England and being aware of what's available. But you'd have to say with the strength of the matchroom stable and what did Eddie Hearn say? They did forty four shows last forty four shows last year. They want to do fifty shows in twenty twenty two. It's a busy old time. If you've got thoughts on any of that and anything we've been talking about this morning, you feel free to call me on 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. It is 10 minutes past midday. We're going to talk the Ashes. Boy, what a mess it is for England. Anthony Hutto Hudson, live out of Adelaide, next. 12.15 on a Monday afternoon with Stephen McIver. Summer days 0800 150811. If you're an English cricket supporter, you might as well not bother turning up and watching the telly today because it's not that flash. SCNZ cricket commentator Anthony Hutto Hudson joins us right now. Hello, mate. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. Uh, I'm good, sir. How are you, mate? Yeah, I am good. Uh, quick question. Are you okay and safe? Because I see in the media uh, there was a bit of COVID running around the place, and I want to know that you're okay. <laughs> yes, I'm absolutely fine. Uh, but it was a day of drama yesterday, and not for the first time, COVID having an influence on this test match, obviously more significantly in the first day with Pat Cullens. But we arrived at the Adelaide Oval yesterday and I had no inclination except the, the lift I went to go up in uh, suddenly had these blokes uh, and girls wearing lots of extra masks and uh, white mm. gear and um, hazmat, I think as they call it. Yep. Uh, they were cleaning the lift anyway, and we weren't allowed to use that one and didn't think too much of that, but then go up to the box, and they're cleaning the BBC and the ABC box. So I thought, oh, they, they could come and clean my hotel room. That'd be <laughs> nice. But uh, I, I soon found out why, and that was because, unfortunately, one of the uh, one of the young members of the BBC team had, had tested positive. Um, he'd had the six-day test, which we all had to have coming into South Australia, and, uh, and therefore the BBC and the ABC were off air or uh, they had to uh, do it from a studio elsewhere in the country, I think. And uh, and so we're all, everyone then was going, well, you know, he's he's uh, spoken to me or I had a drink with him or her or um, are we in trouble? But it turned out that um, it was just those two and uh, there was a couple of other people that had been linked but it was just those two teams, so the rest of us could could go about. Once they cleaned the area, we could go about our normal jobs. But it definitely fair to say it was there was tension around, and and you know a number of media organisations sort of covering themselves with with some people leaving and so forth. Yeah. Um, given that we're within a week to go to Christmas, and there's the seven day um, quarantine uh, if you are deemed a close yeah. contact in, in Adelaide. So a lot of nervous people wondering whether they could get home for Christmas. Is it, is it, is it putting a pressure on you doing your job properly? Because, you know, it's, we, we're, we're living in these crazy times. We haven't sorted it properly, COVID. I mean, does it make your job harder just for that sitting on your shoulder? It does a little bit. Um, I mean, it's certainly there's different protocols which we've all had to get used to in terms of, like, we had an interview with Mitchell Stark that got cancelled um, and the... the Press conferences have now gone back to being on Zoom. Um, so there's those practical things. But, yeah, there is definitely that other element of uncertainty. We're working with Mike Atherton and he's sort of going, why, why did I come? Um, uh, 
it's probably though as weird as it sounds when we get back to Melbourne and then Sydney because there's so much COVID there the rules are, are actually less stringent which seems ridiculous but they're less stringent around yeah, contacts and that sort of thing so I mean, there's two elements where you have an anxiety. You have an anxiety about catching the disease, yeah. where, which everyone has now got to a point here, well, most people anyway, unless you have an you know, underlying health issue, that where it's just kind of, well, you know, we, we've, we're vaccinated and, um, and hopefully we'll be fine. Um, but then there's the issue of being caught in some sort of protocol where you're locked away in quarantine and, and either you can't do your job or you can't get back to your family. So there's no doubt it, it, it does... It does make you think twice, probably, to answer your question about whether it's actually worth travelling somewhere when you can contain the situation better by, by you know, as we've done in a lot in the last 18 months, by commentating from a studio, which is nowhere near as much fun. Hello, before we break down how poor the English have been, Steve Smith is the skipper in for Pat Cummins. What have you made of this? It's, it was an obvious replacement, but does it feel right again? I don't think anyone really knows still whether it feels right. I think Steve has really enjoyed it. And, I, and good good luck, I say, in terms of that. Um, you know, um, I think everyone uh, deserves a, a second chance. And I think the only thing, and, and I think you know, a lot of people believe that, and now whether he, he had to necessarily come back and be captain, I'm not sure. But I think the only thing that sticks in the craw a little of some people is that it was never really fully explained exactly what he did or, or what they did. I mean, it was kind of only partially investigated. So I think that's part of it. It actually been fully laid on the table what happened and then people had been able to get their head around it and then said, right, okay, you've, you've done your time. Then it may be slightly different, but in terms of how it feels, it feels fine. Like, he, he, he's the captain he, I think he's in, he enjoy, as a batsman, particularly in the first innings, he enjoyed being in there with the responsibility on his shoulders. Um, so he hasn't quite reached his, his same form with the bat. He showed glimpses of it in the first innings. He was out three times, effectively, yesterday. So um, it, it hasn't been the easiest wicket, though, to, to really bat with complete confidence on. So maybe that's played a part. But, yeah, t- getting back to your question... I'm not fully sure that everyone knows exactly how to feel about Steve Smith being back as captain, but yeah, but I don't have an issue with it. I think in, yeah, in time, um, it's okay. Yeah, well, considering you're on top on this test and it looks like you're going to just roll them, uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? 386 runs the English need, and now they're saying they might have got their selections wrong. Uh, that is That is a paltry excuse, isn't it? Well, actually, they've had two sessions the last two days where they've looked a lot better for a period. It was Milan and Root the day before, and then the first hour yesterday, they bowled really well. And I think they got their line, I think they got their lengths wrong. It's easy to say. It's much easier to say this from the outside, but I think they definitely got their bowling lengths wrong. They bowled the ball too, uh, too short on that first day. They were worried about going for too many runs, but they looked much better yesterday when they put the field in front of the wicket and pitched the ball up, and, and the Australians did struggle for for quite a while. Um, it does seem that they didn't have a spinner, and, and I understood why, because Leach was smashed out of the attack in Brisbane, but they needed a spinner here. They really did. So they had to probably hold their nerve and, and play Leach uh, one more time. Again, it's you know, there was a lot of people saying that they shouldn't do that. So, But, uh, yeah, and even the whole thing of saving Anderson and Broad for Adelaide, well, they... 
Braun's probably been better than Anderson. Anderson's been okay, but yeah, pretty much anything they've tried hasn't really worked. So, um, and then poor old Joe Root, he cops one. Uh, oh, you know where? How? Clackers, right in the clackers. Uh, a pre-game, a pre-game with the dog stick, the, the fielding coach or the spinning coach just throwing a few down, and he didn't have the protector on, and so Cox one has to go up to the hospital and gets the scan, and then Mitchell Stark last night, and I don't know why we all laugh, but we all do. But uh, we're boys. We're, that's we're why we laugh. <laughs> what was that? We're boys. That's why we laugh. It's cheap humour. Yeah, I, I think when he was. The, uh, not so much when he got hit, but when he was trying to run between wickets, that was quite that was quite humorous. But it's a bit sad if you were going to have any hope of an, another Adelaide Christmas miracle, then Joe Root had to be there uh, when play starts later today. But he he's, he he won't be. So now it's down to Ben Stokes and and getting some support elsewhere. But yeah, it's it's a matter of time. And then Australia two 0 up, and and then things really have pretty much slipped away. Um, and, and getting back to you your question about England selection, then they've got to decide whether they make changes or not and bring players in that haven't played, that had a few nets, or they just stick with what they've got. All righty, let's, let's talk about impressive performances. I, I can't go past Nathan Lyons and Mitchell Stark when it comes to your attack. Yeah, well, Mitchell Stark, he's the best pink bowler uh, historically, best pink ball bowler uh, in day nights, and uh, over 50 wickets now, you know, that little bit of extra movement. He bowled well. He was good again last night. Four wickets in the first innings. Nathan Lyon was um, unlucky, really, not to have success last night. I, I, well, I mean, you know, off-spinners get a bad rap, and maybe fair enough, but when you've got an off-spinner that is uh, fighting the ball, getting that overspin, but also turning it, and they're bowling to left-handers, then it, it is a great uh, a great contest. And it was last night. He, as I said, he didn't get a lot of luck, but he's bowled really well, Nathan Lyon. He, he seems to love Adelaide, and he... he um, he also seems to get good uh, assistance in the day-night fixtures. So, yeah, both of those have been good. Richardson uh, was a bit better last night and, and picked up a couple of wickets, so he's been OK and, and Nice has been OK. But, yeah, there's no doubt they've been the, the two bowlers, the two major bowlers. And, and Cam Green, as well, is really coming on as a, as a bowler. Yeah, like we, I'm just looking at the bowling scorecard from 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 yesterday, right? That 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 their second innings for the English, and the one thing that stands out incredibly is how good this Australian attack is, is the economy rates and, and the the amount of maidens they are bowling. Richardson and Mitchell Stark both had four maidens, Lyon three, Nessa two, Cameron Green two, off of fairly sizable and uh you know sessions, and that must be it's like having a bag of, a bag of riches to, at your disposal for the. Australian coaching team? Yeah, I think there's probably a couple of things. One, England weren't really looking for runs, so um, that probably helps from that point of view. And also, it hasn't been an easy wicket to score quickly on. Australia's innings have been warped a bit by the fact that in both innings they've had the middle and lower order come in and give the ball a whack in search of quick runs to get England in under the light. So um, it hasn't been an easy wicket. But, I mean, your point is still very much valid, yeah, Australians, uh, yeah, even Mitch Stark, who normally goes for a, a, you know, three and over or even more at times, only went at under two and over. 
So yeah, very accurate. Um, they know what they know what they're doing. They're a very professional outfit, and to lose two of the best bowlers in the world and then still have a very you know, solid and, and balanced attack, it does show the depth that Australia have in bowling at the moment, that's for sure. If you're looking towards the Boxing Day test in your England and you look at the, how you, I wouldn't say skittled, but you, you disposed of Australia fairly cheaply at 239. Admittedly, it was declared. Uh, you know, you only had Lobuchain and also Head on 51. Would you be encouraged by that? Yeah, I think you'd be encouraged by, as I said, how they bowled yesterday morning when they pitched the ball up on. Now, whether that will be the best method to take into Melbourne, you'll have to, we'll have, to have a look at the wicket. But from what I'd seen previously in our Shield games, there was a bit of um, yeah, there was a bit of movement in the Melbourne pitches. So I think they can take some encouragement. As I said, I think Anderson have brought a bowl pretty well. I think Robinson's bowled well. He even actually bowled some spin um, yesterday. And Stokes has been... Um, yeah, he's used different tactics at times. He's, he's copped a bit of a whack. Um, but I, I think they'll bring Wood back in for Melbourne instead of Wokes. It'll leave their batting a bit weaker because Wokes can actually bat, but it'll give them their best chance with the ball. So I think there has been some positives with the ball in this series. Um, but ultimately, Australia have normally found a way, and more significantly, with the bat, England just have not had enough support for Root and Milan. You know, Stokes. Burns showed a bit of fight, probably enough to mean he'll get another test match. But, yeah, it's hard to see. To be honest, it's hard to see this being anything other than 4 or 5 nil. But I actually hope I'm wrong. I hope we get a much more competitive England team in Melbourne. Well, that's what you want. That's what cricket fans want. They want the Ashes to be combative and competitive. And you look at it now and you're going, it's, from your perspective, from our perspective, probably just slightly dis- disappointing. Yeah, I know. More than slightly, I think. It's... Um, I'm very excited about working on the National Series and still am, but, it, yeah, you, as you said, you want a contest and you're sitting at home, you're in the car or wherever you're consuming your cricket, you want a contest. You want that bat and ball, the battle to be relatively even and you want both sides under pressure at different times. And we, we've had a little bit of that, um, you know, even yesterday when they, that first hour and England took three for 14 or whatever it was, it, it, it changed the feel in the ground. You can feel the tension of people are on the edge of their seats, but... Yeah, unfortunately, haven't quite had enough, particularly from an English point of view. How many hours do you give the English today? Uh, (laughs) If they make it through the first session, they'll be doing well, I think. (laughs) Usually you get one partnership in this scenario where you start to go, oh, if if these two stay together for this or that, (laughs) and you start projecting ahead. But, yeah, I think a fifth-day wicket, um, you know, even though it's it's far from the worst fifth-day wicket I've ever seen, yeah, there'll be enough in it for Australia. And as we've said, they're, they're pretty brittle. England and Australia's bowling, that, uh, that's pretty deep, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I think if they get through the first session, uh, it, much beyond that, I'll be surprised. Anthony, as always, thank you so much for your insight. Uh, have an, all, an awesome day. And please uh, make sure you don't end up having to wear a hazmat suit. <laughs> oh. If I can get him to clean the hotel room out before I go, that'd be good. Wow, how Thanks, mess, how messy are you? Uh, we'll leave that. We'll leave that. <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. Thanks, buddy. At twelve twenty nine here on SCNZ. That's Anthony Hutto Hudson, part of the SCNZ Ashes commentary team, which you can hear on our SCNZ app, which is pretty cool today. So it it makes terrible reading for England. Uh, just if I just whip back up. So the first innings for Australia four hundred and seventy three for nine declared, and their second innings two hundred and thirty for nine declared. England's first innings two hundred and 
36 all out and currently 82 for four. It's a world record chase. They need 386 runs to win. And as you heard Anthony say just then, he doesn't see them lasting beyond, this is crazy, beyond the first session. Ow. So maybe if you're an English fan, get in there and support them where whatever way you're consuming it on the SENZ app uh, and hope for the best. But it's probably not going to happen at half past 12. The School Radio. Oh, yeah. Oh. I feel like I'm George Benson in the 70s. Oh. Waiting for the... Uh, 12.33 on a Monday afternoon. I love my music, okay? No no shortage. And I tell you what, Sam is just turning it up. He's on fire uh, today. Uh, just Yeah, okay, Stephen, just carry on. Uh, don't forget to nominate your local hero by texting local, uh, followed by your hero's name. And what they do to 8833, and each Friday, uh, I'll announce the Burger King local hero of the week. And that person will win $40 burger, 40 bucks with a Burger King burger bucks. 40 Burger King burger bucks. Say, okay, say, Sam, put your microphone on. Say that really quickly. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 Burger King burger bucks. Go. 40, what is it? 40 Burger King burger bucks. Okay, now do it again. Go. 40 Burger King burger bucks. 40 Burger King burger bucks. Go. That's 40 King, 40 King, <laughs> 40 King. That's See? like, um, there was an old, uh, there was an old, I can't remember who was the commentator, but he was doing the uh, the Burger King Super Smash, and yeah. it was the uh, the Super Burger King Super yeah. Smash, Burger King Super Smash game. So it's, it's tongue twister. Oh, you got it. You got but great it. burgers. Yeah, I got it. You got to have a bit of fun. So nominate your local hero by texting local and your hero's name and what they do to double eight double. One of the features of this week as we head towards Christmas is to uh, replay some of the cool interviews that we have done over the past year. Now, undeniably with the Halberg Award nominations being announced last week, the look, the red hot, the red hot favourite to win the overall award in Sportsman of the Year has to be our five-time Olympic gold medalist Lisa Carrington. She is a an absolute machine. And as she, uh, on Instagram, about a week or two after she came back, she said, said, Paris 24, here I come again. And we were fortunate to get the first interview with Lisa after she did that little post. Uh, But it was also tied in with the fact that she's involved with a conservation cause, and that is saving the Kiwi. So we we asked Lisa, uh, had she always had a thing for Kiwis, or was she just uh, dead set all in in conservation? Uh I mean, it's both, right? Um I think growing up where I did in the Bay of Plenty, um, we had a huge kind of conservation um, approach and mindset um, being a, you know, a young kid and always aware of it. So it's something that I'm super passionate about and just how unique, how, you know, unique New Zealand's wildlife is. Uh, it's, it's super special. When you were approached, was it easy just to say yes, knowing that, we're losing something like 20 Kiwis a week to predators? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's also, I think a lot of it as well, I felt quite privileged to be asked um, to be a part of, you know, what, you know, say the Kiwi are doing. And you know, I, you know, Kiwis are so special to us. So, yeah, I mean, I jumped at the chance. Have you actually held one yet? Have you actually been in and actually held a Kiwi oh. to give you that sort of that, that connection? 
Not yet. <laughs> I can't get out of Auckland. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us. But, uh, t- the, tell us about it. The first chance I get. Um, yeah, that's something that I'd love to do, and just um, you know, be able to get up close and you know watch them get released because we've got so many, you know, so many places around New Zealand that are you know trying to be you know predator free and look after um, you know the kiwi as well. So. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I note in the press release that part of your ambassadorship, shall we say, is about an education program, and you're going to use uh, call on your dog. Can you exp- <laughs> <laughs> can you explain that one? Yeah, so it's not. Uh, we haven't kind. We'll, we'll kind of do that um, eventually. But yeah, I mean, I think it really comes around um, responsible dog ownership. Um, you know, when you're in the parks or just you're being responsible when you know that there's kiwis around or that type of thing and looking after um, the areas, you know, like um, where I'm from, Ohope, we can't even have um, dogs on the tracks there, those types of things. So just being really aware of how kind of important it is to look after where we are walking and those heights that we go on, Um, yeah. What sort of dog's Colin? (laughs) He's a cavoodle. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah. Cute. He's um, yeah, cute, super fun. At times, while I want to rest, he wants to play. Uh, so. <laughs> Why did you call him Colin? Why Colin? It's such a, it's quite a cool name. But hello, Colin. <laughs> yeah, my uh, partner Bucky. He he said, okay, if we get a dog, I get to name him. <laughs> and um, so he he likes the idea of quite old man, or you know, a yeah. human name. Yeah. Um, for animals, so there you go. We've got Colin. You've got Colin the Cavoodle. Well, it all makes sense now, does it? Okay, so we've dealt with kiwis. Now we deal with composting. I saw on your your Instagram page the other day that you've you've got back into composting your <laughs> your, your veggies. Uh, talk me through that one because you you were very keen about it. <laughs> yeah, look, it's kind of one of those things that with all the time that I've had you know, in the lockdown and uh, not, you know, coming home from the Olympics, kind of to think, you know, well, okay, I've done all these things, but where, what is my place in the world? And I think, you know, especially with um, how important, you know, mm. the environment is and, um, you know, how much, how many emissions we can, or, you know, we can reduce our emissions and that type of thing really got me thinking. And, you know, I think we can... I can do my, my bit and I can at least start with this compost bin that's already there that I'd attempted trying to do properly a few years ago and just crack back into it. And I think when I haven't been training, it's just quite nice to start some, or try, you know, implement habits so that when I get back training and that type of thing, when life gets a bit busier, um, you know, it's already, I've, it's just something that I do. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's super, it is, it is really important. We've got to look after uh, the world and New Zealand, you know. You know, have you got one of these flash composting bins or like when I grew up, my mum just had the old uh, scrap heap out the back that turned into the compost pile? Oh, mine's just one of those, um, I don't know, ones you get from Mitre 10 yeah. or Bunnings and it's kind of just, uh, it just sits in the back and you just open the lid and chuck it in and, <laughs> you know, it does its work. <laughs> are you a gardener? I mean, the compost is good for the garden, but are you a gardener or a bucky a gardener? Yeah, yes and no. I think I um, I do enjoy looking after my garden, um, but with the time that I have, um, you know, it's, I don't have a lot of energy for it. But 
we, I, again, like I say, we've been in lockdown and I've, um, we've, well, I didn't build it, but Bucky built a, you know, a, a, a raised veggie bed. So yeah. that's, that's the next thing. So quite enjoying, I'm going to look forward to having some fresh produce and I don't know, I feel quite, you feel quite proud when you grow your own thing. Tell me about it. It's, it's the best <laughs> feeling and it'll be your own compost as well. So you're eating the stuff you ate before, which is, which is fantastic. Okay, so we've, we've dealt with kiwis, we've dealt with composting, now we deal with kayaking. <laughs> I am still staggered to try and get it around my head that you want to go again. Where, what was the moment when you said, you know what, I want to do it again? Um, well, I'm actually quite interested why you think I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I so no. okay, so you've asked me a question. I'll answer the question <laughs> in the sense that what else is there to achieve? Uh, you have you have scaled your Everest. You are our most successful uh, able-bodied Olympian. Uh, you are a, a machine. What at what then drives you? I guess. Uh, um, so uh, for me, <laughs> I, I think it's not necessarily saying you know winning gold medals that that's my Everest I think going well what what's beyond that or mm-hmm. it, I think it's not necessarily about the the outcome which is you know closely correlated to what I do but what what's more and I think I'm in a, I feel like I'm I really enjoy what I'm doing I get so much from it and I feel like there's more to give and take from what I'm doing. Why stop um, when I haven't? When I feel like there's more. Okay, so so what is um, more? What is more for you? So more is is kind of like more more personal growth. More, I guess you know, being a sporting person. More physical growth. Getting, I guess, finding ways to. Um, develop and get a bit deeper in understanding of what I do who I am and that type of thing and I don't think I feel that doing sport um, the way that I, I can do it you know there's it's such a cool thing to be able to do and um, I yeah I feel like there's more to more to go more to go for me so listening to that answer Lisa it feels to me like you're not struggling but you're sort of trying to figure yourself out now and it it reminds me I I heard an interview from Lewis Hamilton this morning right seven time Formula One world champion he said to the interviewer winning championships isn't isn't important now it's how I can be a better individual and inspire others does that resonate with you yeah absolutely Um, I think even similarly like Kipchoge you know what he does um, for running um, around his idea of he does it for the people you know it's not and not that you know that he's an incredibly amazing person I think that you know if I can the greater that you know the better I can be I know that I'm going to be able to help someone in a better way um, so yeah it's not it's about me just figuring out how I can get better, and ultimately doing that, I can eat, I can help someone, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, better. Wow, wow, yeah, it feels to me, and don't misinterpret this. Feels like you're you're now going. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust my ass for another three years, and and have bigger traps. Uh, and and, and <laughs> it's almost like a spiritual journey for you. I mean, I, I'm impressed. It really has sort of sat me sat me on my haunches. Does it Does it feel like that for you? 
Um, yeah, I guess it's just a continuation of um, the the journey as an athlete, and yeah. you know when it starts. I think what you really learn, what I've learned, is that it's not necessarily about you know winning medals mm. or being better than someone else, um, but you know what how I can how I can do what I do, work really hard, but also be able to help people beside me, you know. Um, yeah. And so I think that probably, you know, or, and also just help have everyone a part of the yeah. performance, bringing people together, working together. You know, there's a lot that you can do in sport to create yeah. um, situations that, you know, you, you really get to pull on people's expertise and work to create a big, like a greater performance or a greater product. So, there's a lot of ways that you can help and also helping my own sport develop and, and the other athletes in my sport. You must love training. You must absolutely <laughs> love training. I, yeah, like I guess that when you enjoy what you do, it's easy to turn up. And I think if everyone can find that passion and not every day is an easy day, but I think when the purpose is really strong and um, because I value the work that I put in, so the hard work, you know, that every day turning up two to three times a day, you know, that that makes me quite proud when I say in the week or even after, you know, Monday, it's today, um, I've done three sessions today, I'd be like, wow, that's a big day. Oh, pat on the back. That's yeah. awesome. You know, so it's almost like being proud of the work that you put in. And oh. I think if you can be able to do that, you know, by the time you get to the actual event or the the mountain or the peak or wherever you're going, because of there's so much value in the the work, the training. You know that moment is, um, you know, whether you win or lose, it uh, isn't really about that that moment. Okay, one final one final question, and this can be <laughs> a, a, sim- a simple one for you. Uh, do you like to be thought of as a, of as a hero? Or as a role model to young people? Um, I think, yeah, I think a role model is quite, I think, yeah, a role model, I think. A hero to me seems like someone that you can't relate to, but maybe, you know, I guess when people <laughs> see me performing on the world stage and winning medals, and not many people do that, I guess it's hard to be relatable. Um, but, you know, I think if I can be as relatable and as human as possible um, to be that role model that people believe they can do what I'm doing. Um, I think that would, that's probably more of an aspiration than a hero. All right, Lisa, I really appreciate you giving me giving me your time. Go give Colin a pat for me. Say hi to Bucky. And uh, <laughs> you just remember, you've still got a wedding to plan as well. Oh, yeah. that No, I'm really looking forward to it, um, especially after being so long away from family and friends. Um, really looking forward, or hopefully it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Thanks for your time, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Five-time gold medalist Lisa Carrington are with us earlier this year. If you want to hear it, just go to our podcast on our SEN app and look up Mornings with Ian Smith and you can hear that interview again. She is one very, very talented individual. It's Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ.
12.53, your chance to figure out, or us to figure out, what happens next coming your way. We'll do one part here, and then on the other side of 1 o'clock, we'll do it again. There's still plenty of things to come. We're going to go across-ditch with Will McCloy from our sister station, SEN, after 1 o'clock this afternoon. And, of course, you can be the caller of the day as well. With night and day, that $50 voucher up for grabs, just call me. 0800 150 It's been a busy Monday, so tell us what you think. 0800 150 This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. What happens next? I don't know. What happens next, Sam? Well, we've got seven seconds for you today, Stephen, and for the listeners out there. Um, You can text in double eight, double three. If you think you know the answer and you'll go into the draw to win a $50 TAB bonus bet, Seven seconds on the clock, and I've uh, I've picked this one because I know you're a you're a fan of the sport. Um, what happens after this? Four tackles to go. Isaac Luke from dummy half. England respond. Thirty seconds. Oh. B man knows he's got his arms in the air. Oh my goodness! I want to play it one more time for you. Four tackles to go. Isaac Luke from dummy half. England respond. Thirty seconds. I don't know. Oh, you it's, gave it's, it's, ruminate it's, it's, over the news. Is it a? What if it's a? What if it's a Four Nations um, match? I wonder. Isaac Luke involved, so we can't be going back to two thousand and five when they won the Three Nations. Oh my goodness! Isaac Luke involved. Four tackles to go. I am completely stuffed on that one. So if you think you know, well, it's quite simple. Double eight, double three. It's double eight, double three. And you can text us for the answer. We'll give the answer away after one o'clock this afternoon. You go on the draw to win that $50 bonus bet from our good friends at the TAB. We'll be talking to Paul, actually, uh, after one o'clock as well. So, wow, I just do not know. I am completely stumped. How about that one? What happens next? Double eight, double three, and be a winner here on SENZ SENZ Summer Days. Johnny Max next. And for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. It's past one on a Monday afternoon nationwide and around Australia on the SENZ. If you're listening on the SEN app, it's Stephen McIver on Sunday, summer days at 1.04. Time to go across the ditch and join our SEN afternoon host, Will McCloy. G'day, buddy. G'day, Stephen. How are you, mate? How's everything over there? Uh, well, peachy cream. Uh, we, we don't have Omicron in our world, so we're, we're pretty lucky so far. Oh, we do. We've got so much. I mean, oh, it's spreading all over the place. Oh, I mean, how does that make you feel? You feel like one minute you're, you're beating and the next minute you, you get kicked in the backside again. How are you doing? 
Well, that's life, isn't it, mate? I mean, I've got to say that it's not stopping everyone from heading to the pub for Christmas. Uh, it's, it's like we've all just taken a leaf out of America's book and decided that we're just going to ignore it until Boxing Day. Hey, just just, just quickly, I mean, uh, lots and lots of cases. I get all that. But how many people are going to hospital? Are they unvaccinated who are going to hospital or is it just a, a milder thing? What's, what's the word on the street that you know? The word on the street, I don't go out on the street, mate, but the word, uh, the, the word from inside my bunker is that, um, is that the hospitalizations are not going up. And I think they've had one person who's had trouble breathing in the last couple of days unvaccinated. So it seems like, that, well, the message is just, just stay the course. The numbers are going to go up for cases, but... It's just it's that, it's milder. It's milder. That, that's well, what we're hearing anyway. Yeah, mate, that's a good sign. But it's it's pretty obvious. Hey, get the jab and just get on with it. It's as simple as that. Okay, so uh, you guys would be pretty happy your side of the ditch because you are making a mockery of the English and the Ashes second test in Adelaide. Well, oh, yes, oh. England are making a mockery of themselves a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they've made so many errors tactically, field placements, selections, toss decisions. That it's kind of they've kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. So especially in the Gabba, but also uh, with selections, etc. In the in the day night test, and yes, we are making a mockery of them because of that. Um, and we just happen to be bowling at the right times and using the pink ball well, and actually picking a spinner instead of using all our middle order batsmen to 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 bowl terrible offies like they're doing. So uh, it's it's yeah, it'll take about two hours to wrap it up this afternoon, and we'll be. Will be two and zero, oh. uh, but you guys, what are you guys up to? I mean, you, you just played India, you got trounced in the second test, but uh, you'll be over here before too long. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, don't be sad, Steve. It's all oh, good. Oh no, 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 no. It's fine. I mean, I, I think we are still sort of reveling in the fact that we became Test World Champions in twenty twenty one, and I think we're still we're still living that dream. Although it's a very you are, con- I can tell. <laughs> Okay, I mean that's ancient history, mate. Yeah, well, okay, mate. I'm not a huge <laughs> look. I'm not a huge, you know, cricketer, right? So it's something that I don't, I don't wet my pants over. That's why. That's why I'm sort of reveling in the fact that I, I look at you guys, and I, you must be going, "How good is it to just bash the palms up?" I mean, it's it a, it's a sport for you, right? An absolute sport, palm bashing. I know I'm not supposed to say words palm, but I don't care. You guys love palm bashing, right? When it comes to cricket. Oh, we absolutely do. It's lovely to do it over there, but it's even better to do it here because they've got to stay here for six weeks. And it's just. And the best part is that we have a crack at them in the media, but their media is much worse to them. They're not getting any love from back home, no support whatsoever. And we've done it also without Pat Cummins, our captain, uh, and without Josh Hazelwood. So two of our frontline pacemen, uh, Pat Cummins is still isolating because he shook the hand of the wrong man uh, in Adelaide. And that poor guy, he hasn't left the house since that happened to him. He's, he's, he's taken his, his buddy, the Australian Test captain, out of the test. But Pat Cummins took his charter flight by himself back to New South Wales, so he'll be back for the Boxing Day test. Um, that was after Cricket Australia said, oh, you know what, he can isolate like everybody else, so we're not going to get any special uh, dispensation for him. And then three hours later, he was on his own charter flight home. Yeah, well, so. well but there's a lot. I mean, I've always been fascinated by this one. When you're the Australian uh, cricket captain, you're pretty close to being G.O.D., aren't you? Yeah, second, second most important job in the country after the Prime Minister. And we change Prime Ministers far more often than we change cricket captains. So, to be fair, it's probably up there with one of the most important gigs, uh, especially at this time of year, no doubt. Do, do, but but do you, I, I spoke to uh, Hutto this morning. I, I said, but it's pretty cool to see Steve Smith just get back on the job and do a nice work. Well, it has, it's split opinion, honestly, because there are a lot of people who are still carrying the emotional scars of everything that happened uh, a couple of years ago. But personally, I think it was a wild overreaction, and I'm very happy to see him back. And he made some genius calls yesterday, too. There was one point where 
Uh, Cameron Green had just taken the wicket of, refresh my memory, I you know, somewhat, one of the middle-order batsmen. And then he got pulled off the next over, and, he, and the commentator's like, I can't believe Steve Smith just pulled him off. I mean, he, he's got a bowl again. And then Mitchell Stark came on, took a wicket the very next over. So there's something genius about Steve Smith. He absolutely lives and breathes it. And I personally think that he has paid more than his dues, yeah. and I'm glad to see him back. Well, he's a cricketing uh, nerd, though, right? He just, as oh. you, he, like you said, he lives... I watched a, a Fox Cricket uh, introduction to him, and they talked about what he, the process he goes through and, and just what he's about. He literally is a nerd. Yeah, he'll be. he's the kind of guy that's kind of like... You know, his wife's in bed waiting for him to come to bed and he's shadow batting with a roll of toilet paper, you know, in front of the mirror. Like, and, it's, and I'm not even joking. You can see it. Like, honey, videos honey. It. No, that's right. You know, hey, I'll, be, I'll be yeah. a minute. I'm just in the loo. I'm just in the loo. Exactly. Just wait. You know, like when the rest of us are saying that we're, you know, we're hiding from the kids or whatever reading the newspaper, but he's in there. Guitar, guitar, leaving the ball, practicing his leaves. Honey, uh, honey, yeah, why is our bog roll bill so high? <laughs> don't don't stop asking questions. <laughs> don't look at me, I'm hideous. Stop it. No, that's that's Steve Smith for you. That's Steve Smith. Hey, you're, yeah. No, you're not a cricket man, but you're a motorsport man, are you? Uh, I you're am a motorsport gen, guy. Gen, gen, yeah, I do. I do a motorsport show on Sky Sport New Zealand. Have done for eight years with four-time Bathurst champion Greg Murphy. So um, yes, uh, yes, we, I know, I know. Oh, and I, I just want to say thank you to your local uh, V8 supercar driver, Shane Van Gisbergen, because <laughs> with about three laps to go in the Bathurst 1000, <laughs> I was on the verge of picking one, two, and three in order, <laughs> and the only problem was I needed SVG to blow up, and he did, <laughs> handing me the trifecta oh. in order. Oh, my god! Thank gosh. you very much. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, Heartbreaking for him. Outstanding for me, though. What did you make on that? Was that just uh, a genuine? It was about pick? twenty-five to one. Oh my goodness! So you yes. put a couple of bucks on that, and then some. Yes. I mean, yeah, that 25 was twenty-five to one. So I made fifty dollars. <laughs> no, no, no. I did all right out of it, but I tell you what, it, and that's that's provided. That's the second time the mountain has provided me with a fantastic uh, memory. Oh, oh, you love. Oh, so you, so you love it as well. I mean, SVG. That that was something. Someone said to me that was bound to happen because he was so keen to get on the job that he just wore the tires out, and they and he did exactly what had happened to Chaz Mostert earlier in the piece, and they thought it was yeah. game over. So. So that yep. was a that was a cracking Bathurst, actually, an absolutely well, cracking I mean, they Bathurst. All are. They all are, but yes, it really was, and it, like that's the beauty of Bathurst, isn't it? They just provide so many storylines, and I still remember your old sparring partner, Greg Murphy oh. and Marcus Ambrose oh. doing the job yeah. uh, halfway up the hill at turn <laughs> turn three. And mate, he hasn't changed that much because we have this, we have the same sparring sessions, but we're not allowed to throw the f bombs or out out on the tally, otherwise we we wouldn't be work, working <laughs> anymore. Hey, I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, we're we're pretty pumped at the moment on this side of the ditch because uh, Joseph Parker beat up on Jer- Derek Trezor yes. in their in their second showdown, but he did it in such a manner that he he's Back on their heavyweight radar. Does he honestly, and be blunt with me, does he register your side of the ditch? Not, oh, yeah, there's ads. We see, we hear yeah, a nah. bit about we, it. Yeah, nah. You've, not... you've given it the Kiwi version of yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, come on, nah, bro. Nah, like, <laughs> it, yeah, we see it. I mean, it's we it, it makes the news, but it's not at the top. Let's put it that way. But, well, I mean, what's been, what's been the reaction over there? Because, obviously... You know, it, it was it was a great win, right? So it went the mm-hmm. distance, and it was a real war, and that's what we want to yeah, see. Yeah. So, 
Um, unfortunately, we get we kind of get like oh Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley and stuff. Like we get American stuff a lot more. But what 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 was the reaction yeah, over huge. there? Huge reaction. Well, actually, to be fair, in the sense in the sense that new coach Andy Lee, who's part of the Tyson Fury camp, uh, changed the way he approached things. Came out a lot quicker. He's well, he's traditionally got very fast hands, but he, he takes his time to get going. Came out very very quick. Got new combinations of left right uppercut, and the uppercut dropped uh, Chizora on oh, three occasions. He had to be counted and and then the scorecard came out. The, all the talk boards actually about how close the scorecard was actually giving uh, Derek Chisora rounds when he didn't win one damn round. So the, the, the real talking point is that but ex- gen- genuine excitement that he's back in the mix for a heavyweight bout but how does that happen and when does it happen? And the other part of course is our two-time Olympic gold medalist boxer David Nikia making his second pro fight and getting rid of a guy in, in the first round uh, because the guy couldn't come back because he'd buggered his elbow. So that's been the real talking point on our side of the ditch. And there's just genuine excitement. And I think for for, for Joe, who had sort of had two pretty average, you know, the last fight, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was a points yeah. decision. Uh, but no, everybody's uh, genuinely excited that he could be, and I'm saying 24 months. So, you know, we get excited, then be patient. Could be in the next 24 <laughs> months a, a, a world champion. But that's boxing, right? It could be 24 months. <laughs> it could be 12 months. It could be three years. It might never happen. That's boxing for you. That's boxing promoters and we're the same we're, we're just like salivating at the thought of a Tim Zoo um, oh, yeah. world title fight uh, Mate, he's the deal. His father's footsteps. He, he, he is the he real. Is the real. Yeah. I've watched every fight he's done this year, and he just gets better and better. And you, you sort of, you're sort of sitting in the back of your mind. If you're a cynical journalist or anything, you go, "So when's this going to stop? Who's going to stop? And when's he really going to? Yeah, yep, when's yep. he really going to be pushed? And right now, as far as Tim Zoo's concerned. I can't see that anyone going. You know, come on, I'm, I'm going to knock you on your on your backside. He he's the real deal. Yeah, it's just it's just the the question is don't don't progress him too fast. I always thought that from the last couple of the last couple of fights. I'm like, let's not bite off more than we can chew. Let's take baby steps and and, and become world champion rather than go too early and uh, and have your run stopped and make it harder to get title fights after that. So I mean, that's a very good place to be in. So let's hope that we both have success with the gloves down under, hey? Yeah, I think so. And mate, uh, thanks for spending some time with me this afternoon. I appreciate it and, uh, and putting me in my place because I don't mind that at all as well. That's okay. That was my main aim, Steve. My yeah. Main aim. <laughs> well, okay. So if you call me Steve again, we won't talk. It's Stephen. That's my that's my only thing. <laughs> no, all right. No worries, Steve. Bye bye, Will. It's Will. William, mate. Oh, Howdy, so- no sorry, William. Take care. <laughs> bye, Stephen. Yeah, bye, Wills. <laughs> One fifteen. <laughs> Man, what a guy! What a cool, what a cool dude, Will McCloy on SEN afternoon. So, uh, if you're an Australian, you're listening to us right now. Well, finish at two o'clock, and if you want to swap over and have a listen to Will, uh, why not? Uh, don't uh, go too far because what happened next? Part two. If you think you know what happened next after that seven seconds of rugby league audio that Sam played before one o'clock, then uh, double up and go double eight, double three. And uh, we'll see what happens. S-E-N-Z. One twenty-one on Monday afternoon with uh, Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for Smithy. 0800 150811. It's 0800 I am still stumped. I do not know with what no. happens next. Okay, well, I'm going to play the game for people that may have just joined us. Okay. Uh, seven seconds. Uh, what happens after this? Four tackles to go. Isaac Luke from Dummy Half. England respond. 30 seconds. I, I 
I'm done. No, nothing's in your head. No. So, so what? What? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Do we have a winner? And do we have the actual? A lot of people. A lot of people have guessed right. Um, 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac Luke. I think. I thought the English commentator might have given something away. Well, no. I'd be. so, is it a World Cup? Yes. Ah, okay. World Cup 2013. Nah, still done. No? I know. This is someone who did rugby league. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good work, I'll, Stephen. I'll put you out of misery okay. now. Here's what happens next. Four tackles to go. Isaac Luke from Dummy England respond. 30 seconds. It's a moment for heroes. Big throw out. Johnson. Johnson with a What a try. What a try. Sean Johnson. Well, it ain't over yet. He has to kick the goal. And it's that fella who has the task of kicking this goal. Looks at the ball. Looks at the sticks. Tries to clear his mind of the cacophony of sound that swirls around Wembley. To take his side into a World Cup final. He's nailed it! Yeah, 2013, uh, Sean Johnson with a little inside step and then away he goes. can't believe I didn't remember that. I think from memory, Burgess scored in the 66th minute, which put them up, I think it was 18-14, and then, yeah, Sean obviously scored at the 80th and a kick to win, over he goes, and... Just that, reliving those glory days. Did we have a winner, by the way? Did we oh, we did. Yes, yeah. we did. So, well, we had lots of people texting in. I think uh, Matt Bryan's picked out of the pack. Um, mm. So he's won a $50 bonus bet. And um, we'll do it all again tomorrow. Okay, so that shows how thick I am. And what, <laughs> what, what, all that boxing, well, now you know what all, to expect. All that, all that boxing I've done, you know, that huge amount of boxing <laughs> I've done has rattled the brain cells. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, Sean Johnson, right, there you go. When, when you need him on a big occasion. Exactly. So that's always made my question mark. I don't want you on a big occasion. I want you every week in the mm. NRL right now. I think that's... Yes. That is still going to be the question mark that sits over Sean. I'm not being I'm not being nasty here. It's just like it's it's sitting with me. You know, he, I don't. You know, I I'll be I'll be I'll throw this one out here for you. Mm. I'm not sure that he will ever be considered a great. No, probably was on that trajectory. Was um, on that trajectory. Was on that trajectory. But then he obviously suffered. And like for me, it was uh, it was the ankle injury. You know, the, yeah. the one that he did against, was it against Manly. Oh, I, well, I can't remember, but that ankle injury to me was just that when he came back, he didn't have the confidence. Yep. Um, you know, he'd lost a little bit of his sort of running game. Excessive and pressure. Excessive re- pressure. Re- I mean, that was the way, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, he's got a great opportunity now to obviously take some young guys under his wing, you know, yeah. guys like Chanel and, yeah. and Reese, you know, and um, depending he, on. He's their hero, remember? Yes. He's, he is correct. their hero, yep. but he will be a lot better having been away from the environment. I hope the environment is better that he's come back into. Yes, I agree. That's the kicker. Uh, It's 1.25 here on a Monday afternoon. It's about this time I I get get a bit peckish, you know? Jack Links makes you think. Irresistible flavour to satisfy your hunger. It does make you think, thanks to the all-new maple and brown sugar ham jerky. And I've got to be honest with you, I love jerky. I'm a big, don't get this wrong way, I'm a big jerky fan. I love a 
good piece of, I like a solid piece of chewy jerky, so Jack Link's is it for me. So, you know what's been making me think? I'm going to sound like a bit of a Christmas Grinch here, a Christmas of boring old fart. But I always, I'm always, I actually haven't put a tree up at the moment because I've got grown up kids. And I'm thinking, I don't think I can be bothered putting up a, a Christmas tree because I look around and, and I see all these young families and they're rushing around getting their beautiful pine trees. I, I, what I'd love to know is how many pine trees get left over. But uh, the necessity of the tree. I mean, Brian, can I talk to you for a minute? Because I know you, 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 you come up with all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Why, did, why do we deal with it? Why, is it? why do we have a Christmas tree? Okay, so like all uh, all great Christian holidays, it comes from the pagans. Um, so back in, uh, I guess it'll be uh, what, what's known as the UK now, they would, uh, every winter, as it snows there, they would bring a tree inside to, in their mind, save nature. And once but you've just cut the damn tree down. <laughs> exactly, we had a little laugh about that a little bit earlier. But uh, because everything else gets frozen, you know, during their, their winter time. Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, once that stuff thaws, they go and plant it again and they save nature and bring it back for us all to enjoy. That's it. Yep. That, that was your revealing fact. That is what, yeah, that, that's, that's why where the we, trees come from. That's where that? the trees come from. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I'm not, I tell you what, really, you know, can I just extend my this is what makes me think, what's been making me think? Yeah. I was watching, I don't know why I wasn't bothering watching breakfast on TV because it's bleh. But they're set, we, we live in a summer society, right? And their set had a pretend fire behind it. Mm. What the hell is going on? Is it on an with outdoor that? fire like a bonfire? No, it was like an indoor fire with okay. a pretend bricks around. I'm going. Oh, whose dumb idea was that? <laughs> you have to blame the producers because that's who you blame. Of course, uh, oh. <laughs> always taking the fall. Always taking the fall. But I'm going. I love a winter Christmas. Well, how how absolutely stupid is that? that yes, here we are in a summer country where we Christmas is summer, and the people on breakfast TV are sitting in front of a pretend fireplace as if ooh, it's warm and sunny. We have eggnog and things like that. I'm going. It absolutely has no relevance whatsoever. Johnny Mac, do you um do you get a Christmas tree? Johnny, can Sorry? you put your headphones on? Do you do you get a Christmas tree? No. Oh, so never. So so why don't oh, you? Because I've younger. been yeah okay. So I've been asked the question myself. I'm going. I haven't got a Christmas tree this year, and you know I, I don't have I've my, all my kids are growing up. Right, I'm going. I just can't be bothered. I'm just thinking. It's what is the point anymore? Am I? Do I sound like a tired old fart? No, I, I, I think a lot of people are doing that. The people I know anyway are saying no. Nah. We're dispensing with the tree. It's too much of a hassle to go up to the attic. A re- drag ah, it, drag go up to the attic, so a yeah. fake tree. I've got nothing yeah. against oh, fake yeah. trees. I'm yeah. a big fan no, of fake we, trees. Well, we no have a fake tree. So we have a fake tree because we've got uh, asthma in the household. There you right? go. So, yeah. but, but I did actually break the rules last year and got a, And I, I have to admit, uh, the pine tree did take me back to when I was a kid, but yep. I'm going... But you can get pine tree like spray now that you put on your fake one to make now, you Sam, get the smell, now, but you just don't now, get the needles. Now, Sam, now you're being millennial. Now you're, you're incredibly going. <laughs> that's that bougie. That's very bougie. That, 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 yeah, that's 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 just not not what I would expect from you. So, okay, <laughs> that's what's been making me think. You can bend the branches. The, the importance of a of a, a tree and why in this country do we see here in media and otherwise that we we pretend that a Christmas is in the snow, and we play songs that are reflecting snow. I just do not get it because we are not in a in an area of the world where you have snow and need a warm fire to cozy up to for Christmas. There it is. That's what's been making me think because that's the Jack Link's 
makes you think. Thanks to the all-new ham jerky. Oh, my God. With hickory smoke and a dash of maple and brown sugar. They have gone the whole hog. Oh, now we've got ham and smoky stuff as well. Oh, it just gets better. You are listening to Monday Summer Days with Stephen McIver. John's got news in about 20 seconds. We'll get an update on the TAB, what's going hot with uh, uh, Paul Mawase, and also we'll check in on our mate Scotty H. now doing the, uh, the the longest day raising money for cancer. Uh, the Cancer Society considering gave him a great tip, and he was potentially on a par at 13 in Nakarana because I told him take the pitching wedge. I thought that was a, a pretty good effort by me. Anyway, coming shortly. We have been talking about, or anyone you have listened to uh, this afternoon. Uh, you can bet live on your favourite sports, by the way, by downloading the TAB app today. So it's our second crack with Paul Mawate. Hello, bud. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Steve. Okay. He called me Steve. Do I carry on this conversation because he called me Steve? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so all righty. So I said you better be fresher. So okay, so what freshies have you got for me now, buddy? <laughs> well, as, as I said the last time, Stephen, uh, we've we got um, we've got a, a bonus act promotion on the Super Smash match that starts in just over an hour's time uh, between... Hey, Paul, can you just stop for a moment? Because yeah. I've got to ask one thing. I have no idea what a bonus back is, so can you tell me what that is, please? Okay, so for the cricket, a bonus back promotion is if you put a pre-match team top run score a bit on through your TAB account, and if your player is the second or third highest run scorer in the team, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. So... If you okay. don't get the top run scorer, but you get the second or third top run scorer in the team, um, we'll give you money back as a bonus bet up to $50. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah. That's very generous of yeah. you. So it, it gives you a, another chance, sort of thing, another chance to have another go. Sort okay, of thing. So, right. I like that, yep. Um, uh, Auckland and the Northern Brave, uh, which start in just over an hour's time, uh, this morning when I spoke to you, they were about $1.87 head-to-head uh, -head each. Uh, we've taken some money on the Northern Brave since then. So the Northern Brave have now come into a dollar seventy-eight, mm. and Auckland have drifted out to a dollar ninety-five. So money has come for the Northern Brave in that match this afternoon. There's also a big bash match, which we've got a bonus back promotion on as well tonight. The Perth Scorchers up against the Hobart Hurricanes. Uh, the Scorchers, fairly warm favourites there. They're a dollar sixty-three. To win that match, the Hobart Hurricanes are two dollars and eighteen cents. Mm -hmm. We've got a number of power plays on that match, and one of the most one of the most popular at the moment is Mitchell Marsh or Colin Munro to be player of the match, and that's Payne three seventy five has been well supported by punters. Yeah, Colin Munro. What didn't he have a big crack the other day? He got a century. Um, when was it? Uh, two games back, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's in some fine form at the moment. So. That's yeah, it's, uh, it's Ma uh, Mitchell Marsh. It's amazing how popular that big bash is. That's like being a godsend for the networks over there. People just get into it so much that because it's just brilliant made for TV cricket, right? It is, and it's um, I guess the entertainment sort of value is there as well. There's always something going on. There are spectacular catches, sixes uh, all night long. Um, and I guess for us Kiwis, there are a number of New Zealanders playing in it as well. So... Uh, that sort of piques our interest over here as well, even though it's on slightly later than it is in Australia. Have you got anything more on the NFL for me or not? Yeah, yeah. there's only one man they want today, and that's uh, some guy called Tom Brady. He has uh, been very well supported, him and his 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're now at $1.16 uh, to win their match today up against the New Orleans Saints, who are $5.25. Uh, and the winning team in margin book, the best back there has been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win by 14 points or more at $1.95. And they are currently 11.5 point favourites, the Bucks, at $1.85. Wow. Yep, it's just Tom Brady. Just Tom Brady. Amazing, eh? Yeah, he, he's, he said that before the season started he could probably play to his 50. He's, what, 43 now? He's around 42, 43, and, you know, potentially could be MVP again. Unbelievable. All right, Paul, thanks for that, buddy. Uh, have, what, have, what have you asked Santa for Christmas, by the way? <laughs> oh, for me to get through to the next year. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy with that. I'm happy with that, yeah. I don't ask for much. <laughs> no, you don't. All right, buddy, thanks for your time, Mel. Cheers. Yeah, mate. There's uh, Paul Mawati from the TAB. Promotions in plan. Hundreds of sport markets to choose from. Just visit tab.co.nz and please gamble responsibly. It's all right. <laughs> I just want to get through to next year. Well, I suppose when the year, where the two years we've been through, you just that's all you want, really. One thirty-eight. We'll check in on uh, Scotty on the on the golf course and how he's doing with the uh, longest day. It's summer days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. I talk too much. Wow, thanks very much, Sam. It's 1.43. This is SNZ Summer Days with Stephen McIver, 0800 150 I golf too much could be something that uh, Scotty Aitchison says after the Cancer Society's longest day golf challenge today, which is 72 holes in one day. If you want to donate to the Cancer Society, go to longestday.org.nz. That's longestday.org.nz and search SENZ to donate today. Really startling when you figure that 71 New Zealand and is a diagnosed with cancer every day. But Scotty's with us from Akarana Golf Club, and after my incredibly good tip on using the pitching wedge, uh, did you make par or bogey that? <laughs> Have you ever heard of a three-part? <laughs> a what? A foo-par? A three-part. I mean, oh, for God's uh, sake. What, you, what, you double bogey? A double bogey, which is, um, which is very common in, in my round, Stephen. But um, to be honest... Oh, I mean, off the back of that round, you know, spirits were down, morale was a little bit low, um, came in with a 94, which isn't too bad for me, but I had been joined by Sammy Brown from the commercial team and uh, drive host Mr. Stephen Beaver Donald, uh, which I'm currently sitting in the cart with, and uh, spirits are lifted, that's all I can say. Yeah, but what's Beaver going to help you do? I mean, what, what is he playing off? Oh, good afternoon, Stephen. How are you, my friend? Um, <laughs> what are you uh, playing off? You big burglar? Uh, uh, no, 15's my handicap. Um, but uh, I tell you what, going around the right here, I'm really enjoying this Akarana golf course. Brilliant. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, where, where, where's Akarana? That's out west, isn't it? Is that Akarana out west? Uh, like, top of Dominion Road. It's really central, just through the uh, airport tunnel there. Um, super central. The staff here have been kind enough to lend us uh, a couple of carts because the old legs were getting a bit weary. So two rounds, trucking around the Akarana course. Um, is that playing absolutely beautifully? Um, well, no, it's and, not because uh, yeah, you're triple, you double bogeyed. How can we play? You, you double bogeyed when I gave you this brilliant tip and you blew it. I was, yeah, no, I, was quite, I was riding high there, actually, to be honest, uh, Stephen. And, um, you know, I was, like I said, I was going to hit with the 55 and the 56 just to get it up and on. But <laughs> that nice little check swing on the pitching wedge just got me within about 
10 feet, and then managed to throw putt from there, which is, um, like yeah. I said, not uncommon in, in my golf game. So we're into round three of the 71, are we now? Correct. Round three um, of four, and it's I mean, not to be flanked by a couple of the SENZ boys um, for what is obviously a good course with the Cancer Society. Okay. Actually, a couple of the lo- lovely ladies, um, Lucy and Izzy, popped out from the Cancer Society um, to yep. give us some um, starter packs. So we're, we've got the sunscreen, we've got the Blistex lip balm on as well, um, and uh, so things are looking up. So um, my, uh, my esteemed colleague, Sam Brown, has managed to... Um, Put me up with a nice Gatorade before he left. And as you, as I'm talking, Beaver has been one and sends it uh, probably about 40 yards over the over the green. So what way? So what was that a par three? Were you on a par three or were you on a four? Where are you at the moment? Uh, I, was, I was 85 out, uh, playing up a ride to the uh, par four, and I. Uh, Somehow sent it over about 20 metres. Well, what did you, okay, so you're 85 out. What did you pick up? What did you pick up? An, an, an eight iron or a nine iron? Sandwich. Sandwich, mate. No, he's a big bopper, Steve. Oh. He, doesn't, he doesn't muck around so with you, eight irons and nine so, irons. So you, you'd, you'd, you'd be what I, so I, I've, I've golfed with someone like that called Shane Howarth. You know Shane Howarth, right? And uh, he, he, he is what I call a gorilla. When you get out there, you get out there, and he's got no thought about lack of power. He just boots it, and that's what you've done. You've just done a gorilla shot. Uh, that would be putting it finely. Sort of unraveling my round a little here, Stephen. I don't know if it's the presence of you here or not, but uh, oh, it's okay, okay, well, okay. Well, you've got work to do later on anyway, so you can't be too far away. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so get off the damn golf course and get into the studio. All right, Beef. Hey, Scotty, well done, mate. Keep it up, and uh, you're doing a, you're doing a, a fine thing. So that's uh, uh, thelongestday.org.nz. Search SENZ to donate. Hey, um, we better do the Super Smash updates, hadn't we? We should. Well, let's do it. I'm just waiting for uh, B-Man to, uh, <laughs> to hang up his phone. Um, oh, do it. Just yeah, do it. It's our, it's our Super Smash update. Uh, thanks to PGG Wright, uh, Duraskate Lawn Seed from PGG Wrights and Ore Fruit Fed Stores. And uh, we do have a match that Paul Moate was talking about this afternoon between Auckland and Northern Districts. The mm. Auckland team is stacked, really. Uh, Guptill, Worker, Chapman, Ferguson, um, Horn, Delport, Ferns, Lister, Ashcock and Briggs. Where, whilst where's this one? Sorry, where, sorry, where is this uh, one? This In is... Da, 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 da. No. Who are they playing? It's Auckland VND and I okay, believe it's sorry. in Auckland, yeah, oh, so it'd be probably on the... I just, um, saw, I just saw Martin Guptill on, on his wife's Instagram feed yesterday in Christchurch, so I just wondered. And then <laughs> uh, for ND, they're not bad either. Colin de Gronholm. Jeet Raval, um, Ish Sodi, Tim Seifert. So they've, uh, they're looking pretty strong yeah. as well. So um, we'll keep our eyes on that game, which I believe is starting literally as we speak. The first ball's about yeah, to be bold. Um, CD, of course, this is ND, but CD are leading the table with 12 points. Canterbury in second with eight. ND's six, Otago six. Wellington four in Auckland, who have only played one match, um, are down the bottom. And um, if I can just quickly um, update the match from yesterday, which was between Wellington and and Canterbury, uh, Canterbury won by six wickets uh, with 21 balls remaining. One fifty-seven um, is what they chased down. So uh, there you go. That's your super smash update. Thanks to PGG Rights and Turf to find out how we can help keep your turf on track. Visit pggrightsandturf.com today. Do you like your cricket? Um, I do like cricket, yeah. Yeah? Did you yep. ever play at any, to any specific level? Because you're, yep. you're old now, right? You're 28. So. I'm, old, I'm, I'm what people consider old, yes, uh, at 28. I uh, I played a little bit of first 11 back in school. Nothing major. I was always, yeah. you know, one of your classic uh, bat 9, 10, but don't bowl. 
So <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was hey, my speciality. Hey, hey, look, I've, uh, while you've been talking to me, I've been uh, on the phone yes. chatting. Uh, Kevin Shoebridge from Emirates Team New Zealand uh, because we've got two people that have challenged now. We've got uh, a lingy red bull and we've also got uh, Luna Rossa Prada Pirelli back in the hunt for the cup. We're going to talk to Emirates Team New Zealand, one of the big boys there, Kevin Shoebridge, tomorrow. Great. Just had that confirmed, so that'll be interesting to see how that one goes. We're not going to get anything out of him about where the next one's going to be, but he can tell us how they feel about you know another old-school challenger who has come here, taken it off us in the whole nine yeah. yards. So Don't we'll, do that again. We'll, we'll talk to uh, Kevin Shoebridge tomorrow, so just a little bit of an update there on summer days here on SENZ, where the time is heading towards uh, 151.